Three grown men who care way more than they should. Glenn Clark. Glenn, no way. I'm sorry, Aaron. Did Alicia Fox call you the man beast? AJ Francis. And of course, everyone boos Roman Reigns, even though he puts on the best match of the night. Aaron Oster. Guys, look, there's that one time. Aaron. Aaron. You're the worst. You are the worst. This is Jobbing Out. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's going on in the world today? Good bit. Good bit. I like it. Uh, welcome into episode number 32.94 million of Jobbing Out. Anybody? Anybody? Is that how much Tyson Fury and Kane Velasquez combined are making for Saudi Arabia? That's not a bad guess. That's not a bad Where? guess. That's not the one. Uh, it's funny you should bring that up, though. It's funny you should mention it. Uh, anybody else have a guess? No? Okay. It's That's the... how much Ric Flair's making. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> he's worth every penny, and let's all be willing to admit that. Um, that's how much Ric Flair's getting fined for saying Saudi uh, on TV. I disagree. I, I was about to say, that's actually the population of a new place called Saudi Arabia, which apparently <laughs> the WWE is going to, which I got to be honest with you, I had no idea they were ever going to go to Saudi Arabia. By the way, uh, everybody was beating up Ric Flair about it. Did you guys not notice that Braun Strowman, Braun Strowman said, said it last too, yeah. week too? Yeah. Uh, which makes me wonder if maybe they are just not trying to hide it any longer. I don't know. It's very interesting. All right. Uh, it's Jobbing Out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun, Brandon Linton from Rams Head Live, and, of course, the main event. Age- oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. want to thank AJ Francis for joining us live from the toilet today. That is <laughs> appreciate that. Hey, uh, I can I hear your air vent. I don't know if you know this or not, but everybody poops. Everybody poops. That is a good point. Everybody does poop. You're right about that. Um, okay, so coming up a little bit later on the show, scheduled to be joined by Conrad Thompson. StarCast is coming to Ramshead Live, which we kind of buried last week. We probably should have led with that. Um, uh, but StarCast is coming to Ramshead Live. We'll talk to Conrad about that a little bit later on the show. Also a little bit later on. Oh, you know what, though? Maybe we'll do it a little bit earlier in the show uh, to separate them. Uh, Aaron caught up with uh, a, a second-time guest on the program. One, Drew McIntyre. And mm-hmm. so we will hear from Drew McIntyre on this week's show as well. So that is what's coming. You know what? In fact, I got to be honest with you. You know, these aren't very long interviews. I say we just go ahead and do it right now. Let's listen in right now. Aaron with Drew McIntyre. This is Renee Michelle. You're listening to Jobbing Out. And Aaron, you are the worst. I'm sorry. That was a totally <laughs> different thing. I'm uh, so sorry. It was a totally different thing that I shared there. Weird. I, I clicked weird. play on the wrong button. I don't know how that happened. All right. Um, uh, boys, uh, I, do you want to, how do you want to do this? There's, there's two things. I hear, all right. I guess, Aaron, we always have to lead with this. Because you're the one that's got to run. What's the biggest bug up your butt this week? Um, boy, the biggest but just the lack of anything, but really the the way they handled the Raw and the main event, and that's the thing that right now is what's really annoying me. Because I thought overall the plan they had for Raw was pretty good. Like you look at it in a, in an overall sense, they they made the Street Profits look great. 
they made Humberto Carrillo look great. Like, they took a lot of these lower guys and pushed them up, but they did it in such a weird way that left, at least in my mouth, kind of a bad taste in my mouth. Why? With the whole, mystery, well, the whole mystery partner thing, they build up for seven days, and then they don't have, just have a normal tag match, and it's not actually a three-on-three match, and we're wondering what the hell is going on, and then it becomes a tag match, and then Kevin Owens just shows up at the end. Okay. I thought that was weird. Okay. Did, <laughs> Why? I mean, but I guess, I, I, in theory, I don't... Why? Well, hang on. I don't know that you're wrong, but what did you expect? <laughs> I guess is well, my question. Well, I, I expected when you spend not just a week, but for most of that show, you, you build up this mystery partner thing. This is M. Night Shyamalan. We have to show this mystery partner, and then you don't have a mystery partner. I mean... They, they kind of did. <laughs> they had someone. They, they didn't out. have a partner. It was a tag I, match. I it was not a three what, on three match. I understand what you're as saying. As they had been building for a week. But they kind of had a mystery partner at the end. I mean, like they there was. I mean, it was a guy coming out. It Nick! wasn't a partner though. Nick! What? Nick! Pick. I, it, it's a partner. Like they 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 were advertising throughout the show as a partner, not a random guy coming out, not being involved in that. Okay, it's not a nitpick. Okay, I, I mean, I can't believe I'm about to say this. I actually, I actually think I side with AJ, but I get it. Like it, the, I get that. It could have been done better, sure. Yes. But I think I think what ultimately ended up happening was good, and so I'm not all that worked up about it, right? Like, I I do think the bigger the bigger thing. That watch came this, out of watch it, this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. When they when they said uh, it was going to be a, a six man tag, and then they came out and they were like, oh, oh Gallows and Anderson versus the Street Profits, joined by AJ Styles. This is how long it took me to get over it, Aaron. Oh, okay, cool. And and for the most part, I probably you should agree. try that. I I think Aaron, let me. Sp- I I think we can separate these two things into a bigger issue, right? If yes. your bigger issue is that there seems to be an exorbitant amount of advertising for things that don't occur, yes, or that a lot don't of bait and switches lately, or that don't have finishes or don't whatever, yeah. however you want to say, it, and you can bait in a lot of bait and switches. After finally. seeing the promos by the Street Profits and the promos by Umberto Carrillo, you only think Umberto Carrillo was done well? Then you're no, I said I said Street Profits were the, they were the first ones I named. Yeah, they look great. I mean, there's no doubt they look great. Yeah, and, I, and I, the entrance was phenomenal. Letting them go through the crowd, still, I was yeah, a little worried yeah. about that, and that was and huge. and holding the baby at the end. I mean, like the whole yes. thing. It, it it did. It looked awesome. It created a very festive. I atmosphere. didn't know how long he could swing his chain around his neck. Yeah, I didn't know that either. For what it's worth, <laughs> it's I, impressive. I, I thought that was all dope. I thought that was all incredible. And and I I am. This is weird. Because I do think there are two things that we can separate here. I don't think I had that much of a problem with that one specifically because, as we point out, ultimately what we got out of it was really good. We get Kevin Owens versus AJ Styles. Well, raise your hand if you think that's a problem. I mean, for fuck's sake. Kevin Owens versus AJ Styles is wonderful. Do I understand why it happened? Not really, but do I need to? Nope. Sure as shit don't. I'm getting (laughs) Kevin Owens. I'm fine with it too. Yeah, I'm getting Kevin Owens and AJ Styles out of it, so sign me the fuck up every day of the week for that. I also get the Street Profits looking really great coming out of it and having this awesome moment to wrap up the show. So at the end of the night, 
while yeah, I don't ideally love like bait and switches, ultimately what I got is pretty yes. fucking good, and so I'm gonna be pretty happy with that. Yeah, as, as but, I said, the the macro was great. It was just weird how we got there. Uh, you mean the opposite way? The micro was great. The the thing, the one individual thing that occurred was okay. The macro, the bigger picture. That's what I said. The macro was great. No, no, the macro is the bigger problem. That's the bigger picture. The bigger picture uh, is that. I, I, what, what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah micro, the, macro, whatever. The bigger. Anyways, the bigger overall, picture. Where we're going seems good. Oh, oh, the way oh. We got there you know what? Weird. I'm not gonna beat up Aaron. He's doing a different thing. I'm talking about okay. something else. Okay. So to me, the micro is what happened on Monday night. Not a problem for me because all the guys are wondering. Yes, Aaron is still the worst. Yes, he is still the worst. <laughs> okay, that's a fact. As as uh, Renee Michelle just pointed I, out, I have my mind play. on the World Series. I don't have my mind on wrestling. Oh, like, that's what it comes listen down to. to this listen to this fucking guy. Boo! Um, <laughs> no one cares about baseball. Boo! Wow, Jesus! No, we've, ba- we've we've gone to baseball games with you. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell, man? Um, just so you know, uh. Fox is, I mean, uh, Fox put SmackDown on FS1 for the World Series. No, opposite way. Yeah, yeah. Fo- SmackDown is on FS1 because the World because Series. The World Series because yes. the World Series is bigger than wrestling. Yeah, except for the fact that the ALCS was on F- FS1. That is true. With, that, that is, is true. Factual. Yeah, yeah. So it literally had to be the most important baseball game possible to get rid of wrestling. Well, there you go. As I said, the World Series it is, is more important. important than it wrestling. is important. I'm yeah, but not... that, that but that barely is proving AJ's <laughs> point is like it has to be literally. I don't care. I'm talking about. But, but I'm is... talking about the World we're Series. We're going to do a micro macro bit which, again. By the way, the Nationals <laughs> are in the World Series. Uh, are they? <laughs> Fuck Break, them. Breaking fucking news uh, from Aaron. The Nationals. Fuck are in the, World the Nationals, bro. <laughs> by the way, Aaron's also the worst because like he's a Buccaneers fan, but he's a Nationals fan. Like, who the fuck yeah. are you? Get the fuck out of here! Right? Come on. <laughs> God, I don't know. Um, AJ was a Cowboys fan and an Orioles fan, so I will only defend that because you tend to be a fan of who your father was rooting for, and so because okay, his, so why can't dad... I be a fan of who my father was rooting? Was for? Your, dad... your dad was did, fifty yeah. when the did Nationals? Your, did your dad fan. grow up as a Nationals fan? <laughs> asshole. About the Buccaneers. Here. Anyway, go ahead. Come the fuck on this guy. All right, where were um, we going? The moral of the story being: if you're saying the bigger problem is the totality of how many times recently. We've been promised one thing or advertised one thing and got something else. I do think that's a bigger issue. Now, I don't think it was as much of an issue on Monday night because what we got was awesome. But, unfortunately, we haven't always gotten awesome out of it. Sometimes we've gotten meh. Sometimes we've gotten holy shit, what the fuck was that? Like, For For example, example, when we were at WrestleMania and they had Kofi Kingston versus Seth Rollins for both titles. Right. And then and they, they just decided to win the bar. Right. They were just going to run yes. out Cesaro and Sheamus, who had nothing to do with anything that was going on. And then when everybody was booing, they had Seth Rollins say, yeah, I hate those guys too. Nailed it, Seth. That was the problem. <laughs> we're just all so angry at Cesaro and Sheamus. That's why we're mad. You nailed it, bud. That was what happened there. It was one of the more hilarious moments where I pray that he was actually in on it, where he wasn't just being stupid, where he actually was just sort of making fun of everything. Um, yeah, that that's a problem. That I, I do agree. Yes. Now, is it a problem that's going to, again, this is where we'll get back to AJ's point. We're all going to be dead one day, so nothing really matters. I can handle the argument for him. Nothing actually matters. But in the sense of, like, it's supposed to matter – yeah, it's not a good thing when, like, the thing that you're advertising to try to get people to tune in to say SmackDown on a Friday night is a championship match, 
And instead of just giving a fucking finish to a match, which you could easily give a finish to, you just decide, eh, we're not going to do it. We're going to do anything but give finishes to matches because we just don't want to do it. It's been a constant problem that you are afraid to have matches with finishes. Why couldn't Roman Reigns have gotten pinned after there was interference in the match on Friday night? Yeah, it was the easiest. That was the easiest one ever, too, because they had a thousand outs to Correct. make Roman look good and lose. Yes. Like, it's not that hard. You created the scenario. You just have that all happen and then have a pin and you actually finish the fucking match. Like, why are we so hellbent on not having finishes the matches? That part, that part I'm on board with. That part I, part I do think is a bigger problem. And I think, into their credit, is the market advantage that AEW is trying to capitalize on most at the moment. And where they're having the most direct success in saying, look, the biggest thing we're going to give you right now is logic. We, we advertise something, you're getting it. And as we pointed out a week ago, that might end up painting yourself into the corner at some point, and you might end up putting yourself in a situation where you, you book yourself into, oh, shit, we have to do something. By the way, did you guys catch that they're doing uh, rankings like we suggested last week? Um, they're going to launch rankings in the coming weeks as well, which I think is a good idea. Um, that seems to be the biggest thing that they're jumping on is you guys seem not to like the fact that we keep being told that things are happening and then they don't actually happen. All right. Well, not everybody at once. I mean, I mean yeah, it's it. It is a problem, but I think it's 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 a big picture problem. But I'm having so many more problems that like I'm not thinking about this specific problem. Like it, it's it's and it's a part of the other big picture of problems that we're having with the show right now, which is that like. They're trying to please multiple masters, and it's not coming together in one big picture. You know, like, they're doing things to please Saudi Arabia. They're doing things to pr please Fox, all of which seem to be, like, maybe not unhappy but needy. And so I think it, I, none, of, none of these things are coming together cohesively. You know what I mean? And I think that maybe speaks to what's happening, where they keep changing things on the fly. Um, I don't know. But it's all very. The show is so fucking weird right now. Like, all, and when I say the show, I just mean WWE in general. Like NXT is kind Ron, of still Ron, staying Ron the course. Smack, Ron yeah. SmackDown is what you're talking about. Here. Yeah, NXT is pretty much staying the course. They're not really changing anything. But Ron SmackDown is one big overall product, which I, I'm still going to say it is for the time being, is very fucking weird. You know, like it's it's very weird. I'm in a weird spot there because like I. I, I hear what you're saying. I think I'm almost willing to laugh off that it's, you know, the Saudi Arabia stuff, right? Like, look, the, the Flair versus Hogan thing, the moment it was announced, you couldn't help but laugh about it, right? Like, Flair is everything. And by the way, that's the, that is the funny part about it. You're not wrong yeah, about that, AJ. <laughs> it actually created maybe the most entertaining part of the show, which was yes. drunk heel Ric Flair who makes no fucking sense and has no idea what he's talking about but I just want to high five him every time he opens his mouth. Um, what, does it, what does it say about this company that somehow oh Ric Flair is the heel in this? Oh, oh no. I mean, you're speaking of the Hulk Hogan thing, right? Right. Like, yeah, I, like Hogan and Flair. Flair is very clearly the face. Everyone likes Flair, no one likes Hogan. I mean... But... 
Not in Saudi Arabia. Is a ba- the thing is, Flair's still the better heel. Oh, I know yeah. that. I know that. I'm, I'm, I'm just pointing out the, the ridiculous of the fact that we all love Flair, but a lot of us don't really like Hogan. But, that, the, second, but the second they would flip that, everyone oh, would yeah. love Hollywood Hogan. Well, well, but they wouldn't. That, I don't know if they would do it. But like, I, honest to God, yeah. I thought they were just going to do this as like, this obviously doesn't fucking matter, so we don't need it to be heels and faces. We'll just right. put five guys on both teams because clearly this is just a fucking exhibition match that we're doing. To, I but thought, instead, Drew McIntyre's murdering Ricochet. Right, and instead they've clearly decided they wanted to be heels and faces, which I get from a professional wrestling standpoint. Like, like that's how it's supposed to be, but the, none of this means anything. So I don't know. No, I, I love it because I don't think... I, did you ever think we'd get to see heel Ric Flair again? No, I don't know that I thought we'd thought get to see Hill Ric Flair again. Well, I, I don't know. Like, full on. <laughs> I didn't know if we'd get to see Ric Flair with a live mic again. So anything with Ric also, Flair with a live mic. Here's what I don't like. Ran, he ran down Cleveland, bro. It was fucking Dude, it was fantastic. hilarious. I, nobody is. I, the, as, he was drunk. He was a mess. He was amazing. <laughs> My God, he was, you couldn't stop watching it. It was brilliant. He ran, he ran down that dude in the front row saying he banged oh, his girlfriend and his mom. mom. That was amazing. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It was a high- Here's the thing. Here's what I hate about this. The, the, I love Ric Flair. But like, go all in on that. That's fine. What I don't want to see is I don't want Baron Corbin running out being like, yeah, I need to beat you up because I'm Team Flair. Like, that's where it's weird. Like, it's but bad. I can, I, well, it, it, it's just like the Raw vs. SmackDown thing. Yeah, right, like, why do they care? Other, but why do they care? Yes. Right. Right, and that like, was and that was what we talked about with the draft. Like, why the fuck did you really care what show you were on? Like, like and now why? they have people cutting promos. Like, I got drafted higher than you. And like, oh Jesus Christ! Well, like, I are we really doing this? I, but I don't. Like, did you see Ali's tweet, by the way? No, which I didn't. one? I saw a couple. The, the the one where he says a real American and mm. Hulk Hogan, oh, yeah, picturing him and I, Hulk Hogan I did, side I did, by side. I did see that one. I actually kind of love that, to be honest with you. Yes. Um. Uh, whatever. I'm not, I'm, I don't know. It's a weird spot where, like, this stuff, I don't, I'm not saying it's okay. I'm saying I have more patience for it now because I, I know what's going on. They're, they're right. just saying, look, we have to do this. We set our budget around it. That's the way it is. Um, I, sorry, you're shit out of luck for a month. <laughs> It's an uh, exhibition way, match for a super house show, is what it is. Right. Yeah, but by the way, if they were going to do this stuff with, I, I, you know, aside from talking about like I'm going to go beat up someone that's on the other team because I'm on the other team and that's the only reason, the stuff about the draft that they're working into all the promos of people being like cutting people down because they were drafted in the fifth round and stuff like that, I think it's stupid. But if you're going to do that, there's one way to do it. You take Jinder Mahal and make that his bit. You know what I mean? That's why do you have people cutting down like credible? Like it's like so weird the way that they're doing it in a way that doesn't matter. When if you you really want to do that story, take someone like Jinder Mahal that everybody hates and and have him say that because he got drafted higher than a lot of good people. Like he could clearly feud with like the Miz or someone. Like if you're gonna do all this throwaway dumb shit of like people telling. Uh, who was the one that I'm I, that, it's sticking out to me? There was one specific guy. They're like, when did you get drafted? The fifth round? Yeah, I remember that, yeah. and I don't remember who it was. Because yeah, I, I don't remember. I, I just I, don't I, know. No, it was the Miz. It was it was um it was uh Bailey to the oh, Miz. Bailey and Sasha said it to me. Yeah, I actually like the fact that they're referencing it. They should reference it because that stuff should matter. If you're going to do a draft, the only reason to do a draft instead of just announcing the the rosters is because you want to order people. That should be a thing, but as you said, they can do it in a much better way. 
Yeah, like if like again, if you have Jinder Mahal come or Baron Corbin come out and say that, that's to me a I, good. I, I think it depends on what you're doing with it, right? Like if you're doing that to launch some sort of program and to say, right, you know, like, hey, look, I, clearly I'm better than you. I don't know. I don't have a problem with that necessarily. But just referencing it for the sake of referencing it isn't really accomplishing anything because. No, I just meant it like if like Jinder Mahal was going to go into a program for like the U.S. title or something. Well, do you think that's or- coming? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm just saying. I'm just saying because he was the one of the glaring people that we were like, why is he drafted in the third round above all these really? people? And you would think if yeah, they would have yeah. fought ahead, they would do that on purpose to yeah. to make it into a. You thought that? Yeah, yeah. AJ loves Jinder Mahal. Let's not forget that. I actually don't. I, it's I'm not that not... I don't love Jinder Mahal. I'm just not pretending he's not a former WWE champion. No, he's great. I'm, I'm. I'm saying when you look at what they've done with these people in the last month or two and you have him drafted above the Miz, that's very weird. Well, I mean, yeah, sure. But yes, if the point is you did that. The Miz was like in the main event two months ago. Right. Right. And he's also the Miz. Um, in fairness. Yes. I, I get everything that you're saying there. I don't know. I, it's a weird it it all of it's weird because I know none of it matters and it's all sort of silly, but yet for some reason I'm able to laugh at it because I I kinda I don't know if this is like a, a super meta thing where I'm like, okay, fine. This is what it is. It's silly. It's of course it's silly. I, I don't know. I guess I'm just, I, I'm pretending like I'm in on it. Like, okay guys, I'm in on it. I'll laugh at it too. Um, yes. Simply put, could you do this better? Of course you could do this better. You could do the Hogan flair thing better. You could make it so that there's some logical reason why somebody really desperately wanted to be on team Hogan or team flair. You could tell a story about somebody that grew up obsessed with Hulk. There's things that you could do that could even make that better. Even if you accept, we just had to ham fist away. Speaking of ham, I could go for some ham, ham. God damn it. Um, but we just had to ham fist away into getting Hulk Hogan, and Ric Flair into Saudi Arabia. Like it, you could still do it better than how you've been doing it. I don't disagree with that. Um, I don't know. I'm just not – for some reason, I'm not worked up about it that much because I guess I've just sort of accepted if we're going to be a wrestling fan, this is just what we're going to have to deal with for a little while, and eh, it's what it is. I don't know. I mean, like, it, other people might be chased away by it. I don't know. Maybe they are, but I don't know. I've kind of come to some acceptance of this is, the, this is how things go for a few weeks, and then we'll get back to normal after they get back from Saudi Arabia. Here's the problem. Will we? Because then we'll go into another awkward period, which is Survivor Series. <laughs> right. That's the I problem. Like we're going this. from one sorry. awkward period to what, another. What is awkward about the <laughs> one the time one night. all year, the only opportunity you will ever have in the next 12 months to see a superstar from Raw versus a superstar from SmackDown? What is awkward about that? Aaron. Other than next Thursday, whenever Seth Rollins fights um, Bray Wyatt. Um, that's not... <laughs> the point being, it's the one time and all year. Flair. Yeah. Other than that, other than all of that, <laughs> it's the one time all year where this is and going to be the And the tag team turmoil match. Other than that! <laughs> it's the one time all... Somebody say Royal Rumble. Other than that, money what in the about bank. The Royal Rumble? Other than that, <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> it's the one time all year that you might possibly see something like that occur, and for that, it means a lot to me personally. That's what it's all about. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, you're right. It's gonna be weird for a while. Fuck! All right, we got nothing to look forward to. What do you want me to say? We should. Hey, let's go back. AJ, we're all gonna die one day anyway. Yeah, so it doesn't matter. We're all ba- die. Bailey was right. Life sucks, and then you die. That's the way that it yeah, goes. Yeah, Bailey stole my gimmick. 
<laughs> right? Seriously. She should give you credit for it. What the fuck? Nothing matters. Stop pretending like any of this matters and just watch or don't and shut the fuck up. Why are we doing any of this? I think I've solved all of our problems, have I not? And what you just explained is why we have Shorty G. Oh, yeah. Okay. You say They're that, still, but when was dude, the last still... time... Here's the thing. People would love to shit on Shorty Gable, and yes, the gimmick is just but wild. But it's, it's, not Shorty Ga- it's not Shorty Gable. Who's Shorty Gable? It's Shorty G. Let's show the man as... Either his... way, the, 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 the thing is, the reason has Chad Gable ever, ever had this much, like, have we talked about him this much on our show, even our show, other and than the King of the Ring, he's had a great, he had a great match ever. Like, I, I thought there might be something there at a King of the Ring, like he was over as Chad, or somewhat over as Chad Gable. You didn't need to do Shorty G. And I now mean, he's even more over. I mean, American Alpha. No, he's not. American Alpha was pretty over. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah like, they were pretty we're fucking over. American all. Alpha. Yeah, American Alpha was pretty fucking amazing. American Alpha was over because of their matches. I agree. I mean, that's exactly right. I get it. Except uh, on, because, mainly because they didn't. On NXT, they actually were hilarious. That was true. That, that yeah, was not so let me, Ready, willing, and Gable. So the way I was going to lead into this topic. But, but Aaron sort of already brought it up was I was going to be like, listen, I need to talk to you guys from now on. I need to be referred to as fairly average B. I, you know what? That's perfect <laughs> for you. I'm, I'd roll with that if I were you. <laughs> I guess that makes me tall A. Tall A. And, and I'll be uh, uh, hung like a horse a G. That's me. That's, that's you know, it's not true because you stuttered. I know. I really <laughs> struggled with it. I really What's Aaron's gimmick? Worst yeah. A. No, How is that hard? A. <laughs> Worst A. Nailed it. Look, man. I mean, it's bad. It's it's, it's obviously. Really, this, I know this is gonna sound stupid. For some reason, I like Shorty G better than Shorty Gable. I don't know why. Like, but for some reason, no. I find that to be better than Shorty Gable, which I just thought was the dumbest thing ever. Shorty, I mean, that's a low bar. But I, but that's the thing. I feel like Shorty G. At least you're like you're really running into the stupidity of it, right? Like. So, do we need to bring up the uncomfortable elephant in the room of why I guarantee you this happened? Oh no! Everyone knows. <laughs> There's one person who think genuinely <clears throat> believes it's hilarious, and that's the reason why it exists. We all get that. That's why did Natalia fart? Why did Cesaro yodel? Hey, hey, guys! Right. Hey, hey! Uh, you know those rappers? They're called. Shorty this and short. Let's call him Shorty G. <laughs> I gotta be honest with you. It sounds to me like you're making fun of white people in general, and I don't. I don't care for that. I'm going to stand up for my culture. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You, I, it's At least they didn't call Lil G. Uh, they should have done that. Actually, now that I, 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 I was gonna say, Lil G would be way I better. Kind of would have loved Lil G to be honest. Is but. quick question, Glenn? I need to know: Is unseasoned chicken culture? Uh, I mean, sadly, <laughs> sadly, it is for us, dog. What it is, babe. I don't have to tell you, man. We don't have a lot of things to be proud of. This is. Hang on, though. This is fall. This is our time of year. This is this is our season that we get. Okay, so you guys need to settle down a little bit. All right, Aaron. What else do you need to say before we run you off? If he's called Lil G next week, I, just I want right. I want ten percent. I don't think it's gonna. Happen. Aaron, quickly because I know you got to go. Uh, I mean, those, those were the two big things I really wanted to talk about. So, yeah. there's, 
in my, diversive, whatever. My favorite bit, by the way, is when he tweets out later about the thing that he wanted to talk about on the show. Like when he said, I wanted to talk about this while I was on the show this week. Like fucking, you got the, you got the floor. You don't get to tweet anything like that, okay? But who did? Aaron did that. When did oh. I tweet that? At Kane Velasquez. Oh, like Kane Velasquez, you absolutely did that. You said, oh, uh, I, I, yeah, wanted, I wanted to talk about this while I was You're on right. the show. You're not tweeting that anymore. You get the floor. Whatever you want to say, you say it. Okay. I have nothing to say this week. Use your Go time next. wisely. That was as good as we were getting from you. I, do. I hope the Astros sweep you. Do your do your plug. <laughs> no, and, and, and seriously, uh, one thing about this clip that you're going to play, I believe, in the next segment. Listen to the last uh, the last question in particular, Drew McIntyre. We talk about kind of the influx of talent, and this was done right before the draft. He takes an interesting shot at. Uh, he says people. I mean, you'll, you'll hear it, but he says people shouldn't complain on social media about what they're doing. Uh, ba- basically, taking shots at a lot of those guys who are saying, you know creative isn't booking me well the ec3s of the world some of the guys that maybe have quit or tried to quit uh in recent months interesting all right well we'll look in fact let's do that uh now we'll wrap the we'll wrap this segment by hearing from uh, drew mcintyre with aaron when we come back in for segment number two we will talk about the marco stunt thing because it was obviously a huge topic in wrestling this week and we'll talk more about the fact that wwe is actually acknowledging saudi arabia i got a theory about it aaron your plugs real quick this is the Daily Line, 3 to 7 p.m. If you are in D.C., Philly, Chicago, or San Francisco area, you can watch it on your local NBC Sports affiliate. That All is right. so random. What? D.C., Philly, or San oh, it's where, Francisco. It's where, they, it's where they have NBC. Chicago or San Francisco. <laughs> it's where they have Those NBC are Sports Four major channels. markets that have sports. That's where they No, nah, I didn't say they weren't major markets. I'm just saying it's like D.C. There was like a, reg- there was like a very Philly. regional take until... San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, it is kind of all over the place. That's a fair point. All right. Yeah, you know. All right. Uh, thank you, Aaron. Goodbye forever. Later. All right. Uh, that's Aaron. Um, we, we'll listen to Drew McIntyre, then we'll come back in with segment number two. I'm Glenn, he's Brandon, and he's... The main event. AJ Francis, this is Jobbing Out. We're at the 2K20 release here. Is it still... I know you've been in a number of these video games, but is it still cool to see you get revealed for, uh, for a WWE video game? Yes. It's always cool to see myself in a video game. I used to play, you know, with the video games when I was younger and create myself in every single one. Um, and now <clears throat> to watch myself and the evolution of myself uh, in the past 10 years that I've been in video games from <coughs> the six foot five uh, babyface assassin <coughs> that I once was uh, when I was like 23, 24 to the big hairy man I am now is pretty cool. And to also see the, the evolution of the games and the story modes and just everything now is just too realistic for my liking. I feel the hits when people hit me in the games. <laughs> do you, do you play it? Do you play as yourself? Do you do uh do you guys play it in like the locker room and stuff? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like a lot of the guys, especially uh, like Woods, um, uh, Samoa Joe, a few of the guys have always got their systems set up. I'm not very good. I'm not the biggest gamer these days. I used to be when I was younger, but I do like to play the game. I especially like to play it at home and go myself, so I can tell my wife I'm playing with myself. <laughs> You know, not find it funny at all. No? Oh, I, I found it funny. But, uh, uh, you know, in the sports world, when you get, like, Madden release, when you get the NBA games release, you always have the players come out and say, you know, they screwed me over here. I'm not I'm not a high enough rating. This guy's higher than me, that sort of thing. Do you guys kind of have that in the locker room at all? Oh, yeah. I've already had Lashley complaining that I'm higher than him. He's over there sipping his coffee. He's uninvited to my wife's party. You're uninvited to my wife's party, you know. <laughs> Can we trust in you? <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. Like uh, if I'm lower than Roman, then it's not good enough. 
is it something that you guys do compared to you guys like kind of just, you know, you'll walk by and say, you know, I'm three points higher than you. Uh, I mean, I, I haven't before, but I feel like now that you've put it in my head, because I've seen a couple of the guys get a little upset, I feel like I will do it. Cause it doesn't upset me, but it definitely upsets a few guys. So I think that'll be my mission today at TV is I'm just going to walk around saying, you know, I'm a higher rater than you, bro. <laughs> and you talk about walking around the locker room today. Obviously, today is a really huge day. You have the start of the draft today and Monday. Just What's this day like for you and everybody else in the locker room? It's interesting because we legitimately have no idea what's going on. It's not a case of... Oh, guys, we know you know. Um, you're just playing along, keeping it secret. We have no idea. Like, <clears throat> Literally, um, the days you're home and the days you're at work are dictated by what happens today and Monday. Uh, that's why it's exciting. I feel like because it's real to us, because it is real, which makes it real to the fans. And uh, I'm very intrigued to find out which brand I'm going to be on because this is the first time, I believe, in a very long time, there's going to be that competitive environment that we've been missing. You know, obviously, the way old card rule that everyone loves. Uh, everyone's been on Raw and SmackDown. Now we're going to have a set roster for Raw, a set roster for SmackDown. And one's going to be on USA, one's going to be on Fox. And I think finally, with their own teams as well, like their own backstage teams, everything's separated. I finally think we're going to have that competitive environment. Everyone's going to step up. And if you don't step up, you're going to have to step out. You know, when the brand split first happened, or I guess re first happened a few years ago, we did hear about the competitiveness. Do you think with the wild card rule and, and so much constant changing that that competitiveness has really kind of died off a bit over the past uh, year or so? Yeah, I mean, just I think the guys who are you know competitive and hardworking are going to do it no matter what. It's just I, I notice and I talk about it all the time. I'm not shy to talk about it. I think there's a lot that are just very complacent and just happy to be in their spot or complain on social media about how they're not getting all these opportunities. And if they were given the opportunity, they could never capitalize. And I can say all this because I was the same. I'm legitimately the one person that can say this with a straight face because I know what it's like. I was signed 21. I was on TV when I was 22. I grew up in WWE. I was given a lot of opportunities when I was younger. Uh, they didn't work out in my favor. And I remember like being bitter and angry all the time and forgetting that this was my dream, like to be in WWE. And I was just not giving it my all in the ring. I was not giving it my ring. Well, that's not true. I would always give it all in the ring. But out the ring, around the ring, wasn't working hard enough in the gym or my diet or my promos. And um, there's always an area you can be working on to get better. And I wasn't doing that. And I got fired. And I deserved to get fired. And that gave me the opportunity to find the real me and start achieving my potential. And I see these people and it remind me of the young me. I hope they hear these interviews and they can look themselves in the mirror and tell themselves truthfully, he's talking about me, I need to figure it out now because it's a lot easier to figure out when you're in WWE as opposed to getting fired and trying to do it the way um, I did it. So now I think it's really going to show you know, who deserves to be here when this competitive environment really uh, picks up. You know, with so many people constantly coming in, obviously you've got people coming from NXT to the main roster, sometimes you're getting people coming from the outside straight to the main roster. That's true, it's true. There's no more moving up it's on USA. Yeah. Since I came to NXT, I was just like, drove me crazy. NXT was always the third brand. It was always moving across. I like said it the second I arrived, the first day I was there. When I was a champion, I obsessively said it during every media because I know how good everyone is, how hard everyone works. And it was legitimately like the touring brand and the takeovers were unbelievable. It deserved to be seen as the third brand. Now on USA, there's absolutely no denying it. And there's so many people that aren't on TV, even though they've got two hours now. Uh, they're just waiting to get that opportunity in NXT. If you're not stepping up and running SmackDown, trust me, they'll move some people across from NXT. They'll bring the mountain of people waiting to get on TV onto uh, NXT that you're going to have to figure it out outside the company. Is, is there a feeling in the locker room of that, that everybody has to step up their game now, both because of the fact that 
you know, moving to Fox, obviously this is a huge turning point for WWE, as well as all of the competition to get that uh, TV time. Yeah, I hope so. I really, really hope so. I hope they're watching NXT. I hope they're watching um, like the other shows um, that are available um, all across the world right now. There's so many like high-quality shows going on right now from an in-rigs perspective from a microphone perspective, from a storyline perspective, and hopefully if, you, uh, if, if you're not watching those, you're not inspired by those to step your game up, then you're just not going to succeed. It's as simple as that. The competition is too high now, and if you don't step it up or you're not capable of stepping it up right now, you're just going to have to look yourself in the mirror and say, okay, whatever role they're giving me is my role right now, and don't complain on social media about it should be getting more. Cause I'll say it 50 times till I'm blue in the face because nothing drives me more crazy about people complaining on social media. Unless you're Becky Lynch and you use social media the way it's supposed to be used and you're clever and witty and create a character and get over like she did, then shut up. Around here, there are two kinds of chicken. Royal Farms' world-famous chicken and everything else. What's the difference? Royal Farms chicken is always fresh, never frozen. It's hand-dipped in a secret recipe of herbs and spices and cooked on the spot right in the store. Chicken from anywhere else? Who knows? Hungry for some hot and delicious chicken? Get some Royal Farms world-famous chicken. It's one of a kind. And don't forget the Western fries. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. AJ, do you just like hate the Nationals now? Is that the bit? Yes, dude. Why? They don't deserve, they don't deserve all these nice things. <laughs> what did they? The is it just? Fuck? Is it just because they're not the Orioles? Is that what it is? They literally started a team when I was in high school. The Orioles have not made it to the World Series since 1983. Yeah, that's true. That's a fair. I point. was born in 1990, bro. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's really tough to stomach. You're not wrong about that. It's really fucking tough to stomach. All right, back in here for well, a second. We, we've been to the ALCS once in my lifetime. Yes, and, and that was like 97. No, well, no, they actually been to the ALCS three times in your lifetime, 96, 97, and somehow you forgot in 2014 um, when they lost in four games to the Royals. They didn't win a single yeah, game. That was, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm talking about, like, no, I, I blocked it out of my memory. Yeah, yeah, it's, I thought, trust me, dog. I'm, I'm, it hurts me too. Let's make that very clear. All right, uh, segment number two of Jobbing Out, Glenn Clark, uh, Brandon Linton from Ranshead Live, and, of course, the main event, AJ Francis. Uh, AJ, you are headed back to the Sausage Castle this weekend. Yes, sir. Sugar Bear is getting his uh, title rematch in a casket match at the Sausage Castle. Um, either you win or you die. I mean, wait, what? You're at, there's a risk of actual death? Yeah, like this either Sugar Bear or Brian Idol will die this weekend. Are you telling me there's a possibility this is your final show with us? Uh, possibly, yes. Sugar Bear might be burned alive, as might Brian Idol. Well, but I mean, clearly you're not gonna you're not gonna lose a second fucking championship match to this. Let's be clear, I've beaten Brian Idol four times already. Yeah. Um, the only reason he beat me the last time is because I picked his head off the mat instead of you know finishing the duty. So you're gonna get the job done. You're gonna get Bay back, obviously, this weekend. And obviously, every, there's no other. I'm the star of SCW. Every, obviously, I'm gonna get the belt. Everything back. goes back to normal after this weekend. Is your point? Big old facts. What uh, What else is coming up for you? Uh, I got a night to remember 13 at Primal Conflict Wrestling on November 2nd. I have USA Pro Wrestling on November 9th. 
I have Sweetwater Pro Wrestling on November 16th. Um, I have GCW on November 30th. Uh, I have my canned food drive at the University of Maryland the weekend before Thanksgiving, which all of you scumbags better volunteer uh, I, for. Dog, have I ever not done your canned food drive? I know, but you're going to be pissed, though. What? Because the basketball game is already full. Like, I already have enough people for I that. Don't, I, you think I, I didn't even go to the game last year. I literally drove the canned food to the... Vo- I know, but let me finish. It's full because the people that we have volunteering include Vernon Davis, Tori Smith, among oh. others. Well, they're significant people. I do love those guys. Um, so what's the game? What do you need What do you need covered? I need people for the volleyball game and the women's basketball game. What are the dates? Uh, the... T- it's all the weekend before Thanksgiving. Let me look. It is the 23rd and 24th. Um, you know what? The Ravens don't play on the 24th. That might be doable. Nice. That might be doable on the 24th. That's the women's game. Okay. I might be able to do that. I think that'll work. Actually, you know what? I, I'm, I'll be at all of them. I might be able to do Friday night, too, now that I look at it. Uh, the funny part is that Saturday was actually my only bad day. So that actually kind of works out all right. The, the, yeah, the, potential. I, I, I might be able to do Friday or Sunday as well. Yeah, so there you go. Look at that. Look at that. And I've helped out literally every single one of these things that you've done. So you're not giving That's me true. shit about this either. You're Unlike... Not, Unlike who? Oh, Aaron? Yeah, well, he's the fucking worst, so, you know. There it go, is. Go fuck him. All right, um, so are you guys aware of all of the Marco stunt controversy of the past week? Yes. That he's little and yes. that he's still good? Uh, he is. He is very good. So Marco stunt was inserted very last minute. Uh, Luchasaurus got... The funniest thing that I heard from this was they said people mad that Marco stunt's small and it makes it um, non-believable. Because he replaced an actual dinosaur. That is true. <laughs> that is actually a really <laughs> fucking funny point. It was believable right up until the point where they put a short human in it. Other than that. Um, yeah, good call. So Marco Stunt last week was subbed in for Luchasaurus in the AEW uh, Tag Team title tournament uh, as he was Jungle Boy's partner in their opening round match. Is He's that, good. Uh, who, which Marco Stunt or Jungle Boy? Yeah. I mean, they're both, both. They're both really they're both good. good. They're both really fucking good, man. Like, let's. Hey, you know who also was good this weekend on AEW? Uh, the who? best match in AEW was Darby Allen and uh, Chris Jericho. They were pretty good too. They were pretty goddamn good. Hey, where were you just saying something about Darby yeah, Allen he was last going on week? Him. Yeah. Yeah, I said that if me and him stood in the ring, I would look like I was going to beat the shit on him because in real life I would. But that doesn't mean he's not a great professional wrestler. I feel like it might have been a little more pointed than that. Uh, okay, what was the point? It did. I don't know. You were kind of well, cutting little on. guys down. We're gonna, but week. we're gonna get to that. Yeah, we're gonna, I was. we're gonna get to I that. Absolutely was yeah, because I said Darby Allen standing next to me in the ring. It looks like I'm gonna beat the ungodly shit out of him. And in so, real life, that that is what would happen. Just like it would happen to Marco Stunt. So, so let's that, get, that doesn't make them not fantastic professional wrestlers. Okay, let's let's get to that, right? Because I do I think that there's a crux of this conversation. So the internet is a, a parts of the internet up in arms that Marco Stunt is the guy because Marco Stunt is so fucking small that how could he ever be taken seriously? Right? Well, what is his actual size? That's a very fair question. Like like because I think a lot of people have already made comparisons to Rey Mysterio. Um I don't. I don't have an actual height listed for Marco Stunt. Hang on a second. Let me see if I can find 
I'm trying to look too. Um, five two, five two is Marco stunt. So for comparison's sake, five. Rey Mysterio is five six. Right, and like even Chad Gable, <laughs> even shit, even <laughs> Shorty G is five eight. He's, but he's short. He's so short. Marco Stunt is legit six inches shorter than him. Holy shit. That's it's little. small. There's no I question. believe the president would refer to him as Lil Marco. That's probably true. That's probably true. <laughs> Good reference. Um, so, so people are up in arms about it. It's an interesting... The first thing you say is, obviously, seriously, what the fuck? It's professional wrestling. Are you really getting this fucking worked up about it, right? Like, that's the obvious first response to this quote-unquote controversy, which is not controversial. It's seriously... As as AJ pointed out, the fucking guy he replaces is a goddamn dinosaur. Shut the fuck up. Like, I mean, uh, WWE literally had a one-legged guy correct. wrestling people. Correct. Former guest on this program, uh, the great Zach Gowan. Um, yes, chill the fuck out. Now, it dovetails back. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but The Undertaker is an undead. (laughs) That's always the best one. Who who controls fire and lightning? And he's the most over guy in the history of the business. One of the most over guys. I'm sorry, what's the part that's unbelievable about that? Exactly. Like, what, (laughs) what part is the difficult part about that to grasp? Yes, that's actually what the man is. Uh, why is that so surprising to you? I don't understand. I don't get the parallel. So who's the smallest person on WWE's roster? Right? Probably like Kalisto or someone like that, right? Uh, boy, that's a great question. I don't know the answer to that. Kalisto is also 5'6", so he's the same size as Mysterio. Uh, what, like Drew Gulak or someone like that? I mean, it would be somebody that we've seen on 205 Live, right? I would assume so. Drew Gulak is six feet tall? What? Is that true? I mean, maybe, maybe it is. I don't know. Everybody's six feet tall. I mean, like, nah, look, that's a good point. Look, in fairness, okay. Anybody by the, who's, by the way, here anybody we go. who I've ever met that's five ten or tall on the on the six feet tall on the current on the current roster, the shortest male wrestler is Kalisto at five six. Um, for what it's worth, Sasha Banks is five five. Alexa Bliss is five one. Clearly, a different scenario. Uh, He's only an inch taller than Alexa Bliss. <laughs> so Marco no. Marco Stunt is the size of Alexa Bliss. Essentially, that is true. Essentially, I, yes. Marco when, when, when Marco Stunt blows up in AEW and then gets offered a contract, a big-time contract from WWE and eventually crosses over. Actually, I, need him, I need him and Alexa Bliss in a mixed-match mix tag match more than I need air to breathe in my life. I would actually love that myself. I would greatly love if they would be willing to do something. I'll give you one. Yes. Because it's relevant to this week's program. Zelina Vega is 4'11", and she gave Sin Cara a Hurricane Rana off the uh, apron this week. How? Which, which, wait. which the ref so totally saw. Oh, the ref did totally wait, see wait, it. Wait, 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 wait. I agree. Zelina Vega is 4'11"? That's what it says. And Sin Cara is 5'7", and, like, pretty muscular. He's not, like, a little 5'7". You know what I mean? He's... He's like a built, he's a 200 pound 5'7. And uh, Zelina Vega, who, now again, who knows, this is Wikipedia, but it says that she's 4'11. Shut the fuck up. She looks, have you ever seen her in person? Um, I mean, it's been she a long time. She has heels on. I, I, yeah, I, I kind of believe it. All right. Uh, 
after I think you and I were talking about that when I think she actually wrestled at one of the shows we were at. Yeah, one I mean, of the I, house shows, and we were like, "Holy shit!" I know she's, she's tiny. short, but I don't know that I knew that she was sub five feet. You know what I mean? Like that. Well, let's say she's five one. She still gave a two hundred pound wrestler right, correct. a like flipped him with her legs. Two hundred and five. That's true. Show some respect. Two oh five. <laughs> um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, if, if people are going to say Marco Stunt can't do things, then you, you can't believe that uh, she can flip a 200-pound wrestler with her You can't believe feet. much of anything. Why? Because she's a woman? You no, because she's 4'11 sex. and 100 pounds. <laughs> yeah, who knew? We finally found it out all this time down the road. Brandon's a sexist pig. What an asshole. Um, look, I'm, I, I, but the, again, that goes back to the bigger point that we're making, which is shut the fuck up. This is professional wrestling. Correct, correct. You know, we, we had Hornswoggle doing shit to actual, like, full-sized human beings. And that's probably not the way that I'm supposed to say that. What, I don't know what I'm supposed to <laughs> I should, I should scratch. I am so sorry. I, Glenn hates little people. Oh, God damn it. I really did just botch the shit out of that, didn't I? Um, you know what I'm trying to say though? Like you, like we've had to accept a certain amount of things. I think it would probably be a mistake if Marco stunt was regularly kicking the shit out of Jake Hager, right? Like that would probably not be a story that AEW would want to tell in the same way that WWE doesn't regularly have Rey Mysterio beat the shit out of Brock Lesnar. The story, as we talked about during the like what should have been with Daniel Bryan and Brock Lesnar, was literally David versus Goliath. That's the story that you tell. You acknowledge these things. You admit that there's something that everyone sees and that you're not stupid enough to think that everyone doesn't see it. And you tell the story in the process. But the notion that Marco Stunt can't be a performer is crazy. Of course we know Marco Stunt can be a solid performer. You have to go about acknowledging what his size is and not pretending like it doesn't exist, which is what's literally happened with almost every professional wrestler in the history of time except for Shane McMahon. Where we had to pretend like Shane McMahon could credibly hang in the ring, despite the fact that he was 50 years old, had an entire head of gray hair, and was fucking wheezing when he was waking up in the morning. Like, other than him, we've always been willing to tell the story of size differentials and how professional wrestlers look differently. And so clearly, AEW will have to do the same thing with Marco Stunt. I think they'll be just fine, right? Yes. Okay. Marco Stunt was great. Yes, he was. The secondary problem, and the problem's not the wrong way, but the secondary conversation is the one that AJ had. And I thought that, AJ, when you brought it up the way that you did a week ago, it was fair, which is the totality of the roster skews smaller. It skews that way. That's not, that doesn't mean that they can't be entertaining. It doesn't mean that you can't uh, come up with credibility. But it does mean that Jack Swagger ends up being your unbeatable heel. Okay. Yes. Is, there, is that a problem? Uh, I think he yes. can. I, I think he can play that role. I think he can too. I, I think he can on AEW. Oh, sure. I, I think he could have on WWE if if they would have built him up the right way. You, you, you're telling me that him. What's the difference between him and Drew McIntyre? Uh, Drew McIntyre lit like this looks more imposing as well as neither Does one he? of them. Is, yeah. I don't know, That's, man. I, to me, they're the yes. same level guy. You know, you could put okay, him in that neither role. Neither one of them is the size of Braun Strowman, so your point is invalid. 
No, my point is like he could he could live on WWE. Like he could he's not a scrub that they picked up, which is the way people are trying to act as like he's this throwaway scrub and he's just there because he's a throwaway that WWE doesn't want. Which while that might be true, that doesn't mean he could, like that they don't want him and they don't see the value in him. I think he's a valuable guy that could be positioned the right way to be that heel on the show, to be the one A or one B heel um, on the show for a time, maybe not for the entire length of the company, but for a period of time to work a program with a with a face champion or as a heel champion with the face chasing him. Of course, he's credible in that role. I think he would, and my whole point is he'd be credible in that role in WWE as well, and he was. I mean, he is a WWE World Heavyweight Champion, but yes, my point more so is just from my own personal perspective, is if I'm much bigger than you, I don't see you as an imposing threat. I mean, I, 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 but are you much bigger than Jake Hagar? Yeah. Like, he's probably my height, but I'm... Okay, but like, you're, again, bigger. you're 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 abnormal. 6'7", it yeah. says. Is Jake Hagar? Yeah, really he's six, listed at 6'7", which means... 275. Probably, and I'm 6'5", 330 in real life, not gimmick. Right, but okay, again, most people aren't. You know what I mean? Like it's Right, not... and he probably is in real life that, because he fought MMA, so these aren't like WWE stats, these are like MMA stats, you know? Where they actually had to weigh yeah, in. Yeah, he wrestles yeah. in boots. Whenever somebody wrestles in boots, I can't trust their height. No, but I understand what you're saying, but I also, I, like, they do, they, like, they have to report the athletic commissions what these people's actual sizes are when they fought, when they fight. Okay, so, so Bellator has him listed as 6'7". I don't understand, you guys, you guys say that, like, The Rock didn't play in the CFL and play in college football where you have to record your height, I, and he still grew no, no, three no. inches. But the teams themselves record the heights. The athletic commission has to record the heights for fighters. The teams will always lie about what your actual size is. Of course, they'll do that. But the no, actual yeah, when you go to the CFO or the NFL, you have to get measured like by like the actual people that take oh, for the, the com for the, for the combine for sure. You do right when you do that type of shit. You absolutely do. That's a great point. Um, that has to be a legitimate thing. Um, I'm not again. We, I'm, I'm not having a debate. I, Jake Hager is really fucking big. I don't think there's a Jake Hager problem. Now, I do think. AJ, I think this is the right way to go about saying it. That in the next couple of years with AEW, they need to look to either discover or develop more sized professional wrestlers. No, the thing is, they won't. Though. That's my that's my biggest problem with AEW. I agree with you. Is that you, I don't have a place in AEW because you think to them to them, even though I can come in and I would be a new face, I can talk better than 90% of their roster. I can do everything that I need to be done in order to be a star for them. To them, being the big, big former football player means that I'm not good. Uh, okay. I mean, I... It might not mean that, but it would mean that you would be that, like, stick out like a sore thumb, we don't know how to book you big guy. Yep. I think it's I, interesting. I do see, see okay. that as being maybe what your problem I... would be if you went there. It's like... You look like you could murder the whole roster except for maybe like three guys. So you have those three guys to work with, really. And uh, it's like what they, it's sort of like, I mean, I'm reminded of how they booked The Undertaker before they knew how to book The Undertaker. You know, like every sloppy big dude that couldn't work got signed just so they could lose to The Undertaker, you know? Um, 
so yeah, I see your point there for sure. I think that this is a this is an interesting. It's clear, it's clear what they're trying to do is play to the the more indie inclined crowd, and so they've signed a bunch of guys that have sort of an indie look, um, and also have been successful in the indies in recent years. And yeah, you're right. Like that tends to not skew towards bigger performers. Now that being said. Um, I think Damian Priest or Punishment Martinez was pretty over with that crowd as well. Uh, I know for fucking sure that that Donovan Dijakovic or uh, you know whatever Chris Di- whatever Donovan Dijak Chris Di- whatever the fuck the guy's name is um, Donovan Dijak. I, I do the same thing, right? Like he certainly was over with that crowd, and I don't know that they couldn't if WWE hadn't grabbed those guys. I don't know that they couldn't have or wouldn't have signed those guys. It's just that naturally WWE, we all know, has been more inclined that the moment they see someone who looks like Dijakovic to say, we're going to fucking sign that guy immediately because that's our look. That's what we've gone for. That's who we want to be. So it does it become that AEW says, hey, if we would have had the chance, we would have signed those guys. That would have been the route that we would have taken. We just didn't get the opportunity to do that. Instead, signed all the guys that we could. Is there somebody... Uh, you know, an, an an indie type guy of that size that's out there that it's surprising they wouldn't have signed that shows, hey, this is proof they're purposely and, not signing and those guys. Also, my thing is like they're they're not letting Jake Hagar wrestle until he uh, has his next Bellator fight, which is smart business, good for them. But how if he wins that next fight again? How does he lose to anyone in AEW? I mean, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. I really do understand what you're saying. When I, he's already the biggest person, right there, I get. And then he's the only actual fighter. Okay, but haven't haven't we been through this before with other like people? Right? Like, haven't we been? Honest to yeah, God, yeah, Brock Lesnar. Have you? I don't right. know if you noticed or not. Right, and he Brock never loses. loses. I get like it. Twice right, I get it. And that's that, that's specifically how they handle Brock Lesnar. They've purposely gone out of their way to say we're elevating him above everybody else, and that's that's what they've done. Uh, I think a better comparison would be. But is AEW willing to do that with Jake? With Jake Hagar? I don't think they'll do it to the Brock Lesnar extent, but I think they would be stupid to just have him lose matches for the sake of losing matches. I don't think they should treat him like WWE has treated, say, Bobby Lashley. I think they should elevate him above that because he's the equivalent of what they've got. You know what I mean? I would, mm-hmm. I would, I would tend to think that. Um, I, this goes back to what we talked about last week. Do you end up booking yourself into a corner in the process? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe you do. But I also don't know if Jake Hager's planning on being in, in AEW for six years or if he's planning on you know doing this for a little while until he's got a fight again and then doing that. like I don't know what the full plan is for Jake Hager. I think that your statement, and, and you might be the reflection of that statement, I don't think that I have a problem with saying AEW should look to do a better job of bringing in a couple more big guys, that that would serve them well for all sorts of various different roles. They don't all have to be Jake Hager where they're also credible fighters and so it makes it look like you can't have those guys lose a match. But... Uh, Maybe Moose is the wrong example because Moose also carries some baggage with him, you know, like you know, away from from wrestling. But like that that type of performer, do you think that Moose wouldn't be immediately credible as a performer if he were to walk into AEW tomorrow? Uh, he would. Yeah, I mean, I think I think for the most part, the this that community respects Moose as a performer. Again, the other stuff aside, there is certainly awkwardness to that, and I don't know how you handle that. 
But like as a performer, I think that community respects Moose, finds him to be. Cra- but what about Brian fucking Cage? Like Brian Cage, absolutely. I think if he walked in to AW, and I get it, those guys aren't going anywhere because um, Impact just signed with Access Access TV. And it, by the way, did, why did Joey Ryan sign with Impact? I thought Joey Ryan was doing AEW. Because he's because he is he is Impact now. I mean, it's crazy to me, right? Like, I, I good for Impact. I mean, fucking great for Impact because Joey Ryan's the fucking best. But I was kind of stunned by that when I saw that, and it also shows that, that Impact is trying to do some shit. Like, they're not just saying we're going to put it on TV for the sake of putting it on TV. They really want to have something that people tune into, which is great news. But I would think. Well, there's another. There's another thing to talk about too. I mean, I, I think when we're discussing this whole topic that we're talking about like it started out with like okay aew has all of these guys that tend to be a certain size and what do we do with the future of the roster and getting bigger guys but you could also evolve this conversation into two other things which is a well we'll save this for b but the rumor that's going around uh the big rumor of somebody maybe jumping ship um which is relevant to this conversation. Wait, wait, and wait. Also, which, which one are you talking about? I, I just We can just do it now. Randy Orton. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I really buy into that. I don't buy into it either. I'm just saying. Why? It is a giant rumor. His contract is expiring. Um, you would think someone would throw a chunk of change at a star like that. Um, I don't. You're telling, me TBS, you're telling me TBS wouldn't pay whatever, twice whatever they paid for fucking Chris Jericho. Uh, Chris Jericho for Randy Orton? No, I don't. I don't think that's the case. I just think that I'm inclined to believe that it's going to get that the relationship has gone on for so long. There's no reason to think that Randy Orton's unhappy, and the fact that he did that bit smells more like he's in on it to me. Right, um, he's trolling. Right. That's that's what I thought of that Instagram post was that it was Randy Orton trying to troll. Now, sure. I mean, is it? I'm not saying there's no world in which Randy Orton could ever go to A and AEW. Of course not. I'm not saying that whatsoever. But a guy that's been with one company for forever and has largely been given fucking carte blanche yes. with that company, yeah. it does not seem to me like that's a logical case of a guy that's hell-bent on getting somewhere else to do something else. Uh, like, I don't think so. But the reason I wanted to bring it up is for, is because it kind of fits in the conversation we're having. Okay, so you, so we're, we're, you know, we're talking about Joey Ryan signing with Impact and, uh, Impact and that being somewhat surprising. Well, then the next conversation you have to have is how deep can this roster really be with with the with the content that they're providing right now? You've got one two hour weekly television show in which they don't even get everybody on even close to everybody on every week. And you've got the dark show that's on YouTube. I mean, how many people can they sign and just have kind of hanging around there? I mean, mean, this isn't like WWE where you've got 15 hours of shows a week. There is the problem, bro. There is a problem, but they would also say that that's a problem they could solve if it creates the opportunity, right? Like if the demand. The problem, I'm saying, if you're Joey Ryan and you're looking at that, you could be the main guy on Impact, or you could be one of eight guys that or or ten guys that are going to trade that spot. Okay, okay, but there's this. The flip side argument is that Impact is going to pop a point two, whereas AEW is going to pop a you know a one point. But he can still know? do all his indie stuff and make money and go well, to. Japan. I mean, appa- apparently the AEW guys can too. Um, you but know, they like, can't be on TV, right? They can't, right. They can't go do. Sure, they can't but, go and do. You can't. But both, I think Impact guys can. Can't they go to Ring of Honor and do stuff like they, that? I think that's done now with the Access deal. I think with the oh, Access okay, deal, they gotcha. can't do that anymore either. Um, I think that was when it was when they were when they were fucked on TV. I think they were letting guys go do that type of stuff, and I think they've closed that loophole. 
Um, look, I, you know, God bless Joey Ryan. I mean, they, clearly he got an offer from Impact. And there's something to be said for right now. It doesn't look like there's room. And also what Joey Ryan does is so unique and so specific that you have to be willing to carve time out of your TV show each week to give him a segment in order for that to really work. And it's clear that they, they absolutely have the room to do that on Impact where they don't necessarily have the room to do that on AEW right now. AEW's bigger answer to this picture would be, we can sign whoever we want if we get to a point where we have too much and people are willing to watch, then we'll just fucking start another show. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll do a Friday nights on, or we'll do a, a Tuesday nights on True TV, right? Like, we'll, we'll figure it the fuck out once we But I guess my point. point is, like, I'm not saying from their perspective, from the talent's perspective. Like, it, it's going to start to turn into... Well, the reason why some of these guys, like, okay, let's use right. a Sean Spears. Right, he wanted out of WWE because there was no room there and there was room. I get, I get the point that you're making, right? That if, right, if right. you start running they're out, they're going to run into the same problem on this show because they've got less, they've got less um, uh, time to to showcase talent, and they've got more talent that are involved in the programming well, and, and let's that be, are like staples that have to be on every week, right? In the people that are actually part of the company. That, that, that are part of the, the the thread of the company, which are like Cody and the Bucks and those guys that people are tuning this show to watch. So but here's the problem with your theory, though, Brandon, is the fact that if Randy Orton came to AEW, you make screen time for Randy Orton. No, 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 of right. course for Randy Orton. for him. Right. But I'm, I'm I was bringing up the point in relation to saying, well, why would Joe well, and Ryan sign with Impact? Right. I understand. And I guess the this next... is the what these guys are going to start thinking if they aren't Randy Orton. And they look, and they the reason they're not going to WWE is because what happened to people like Pac, and what happened to people like Cody Rhodes, and what happened to people like the whole fucking point that this company was started, and 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 it's like that's going to happen well, there. And, and this is the conversation with Mike Bennett right now, right? Like Mike Bennett yeah. wants out. He like Mike Bennett's not going to go to AEW and be on TV every week. No, because they don't have room for anybody other outside of the couple of guys to be on TV every week. I hear what you're saying. And as I said when this whole thing started, let's be very clear. There's a honeymoon period right now with AEW. But make no mistake, this is like any other company. At some point, all of the same shit that happened with WWE will happen with AEW too. Because they also have to pay their bills. Because they also have to realize at some point, hey, the segments with this person do better than the segments with this person doing the ratings. So we need more of this person on TV because TNT wants better rated shows. While, yes, we want to give the fans what they want, TNT wants us to pop numbers because they want to sell advertising too. Like, all of that shit is going to occur because that's the way that business works, right? Like, we're all smart enough to know that right now there's this honeymoon romantic feeling about AEW. And that doesn't mean that won't make it last. That doesn't mean that they can't survive for a long time. But at some point... There'll be a group of performers who say, wait a second, all the same shit is happening here. I know I'm better than the opportunities that I'm getting. I know I'm not being treated the right way. I'm pissed off about this, too. That will absolutely occur because that's the way that business works. Nothing you can do about that. Um, I do want to touch on in this segment as well. We, we, we sort of joked about the fact that WWE is acknowledging Saudi Arabia at this point. Um, I am convinced of something. I am convinced... That what happened over the course of the last couple of weeks with the NBA and China gave the WWE the gusto to say, fuck you guys. And you guys kind of alluded to this last week, um, where WWE has probably taken more shit for Saudi Arabia than anybody else has because they're a bigger company and they did a little bit more cheerleading for Saudi Arabia. No, it's just because it's easier for people to talk shit about wrestling. It's, it is, but it's also on TV. Same reason, same reason why... 
we make fun of the Undertaker being an undead zombie man, and somebody well, I, point I, out how ridiculous that is. I wait, everyone loves Walking Dead. Well, that's true. I do not do that. But I don't. It's not, I but it's not just that. It's it's because it's because so so WWE is um they're not only a bigger tar- target, but what they're doing is public versus what all these other people doing aren't isn't right. as public. There's, Can you find out that Beyonce went to Saudi Arabia? Yes, you can't watch the concert. Correct on. On demand or Correct. whatever, and and, so she's, like, and she's not because, spending six weeks advertising the concert ahead of time. Yeah, and like ninety and like AJ's right. Like most of WWE's fans live to criticize the company, while ninety percent of Beyonce's fans do not would live murder to criticize. You. So would they live to praise her. You, but yes. it's it's also not being pushed. Like the ninety percent Beyonce fans have no fucking idea that she did a concert in Saudi Arabia and took five million dollars from King whoever. You know, like. They don't know that. All the wrestling fans know. So you're that. telling me if I get paid five million dollars, I'm not supposed to perform in front of Satan at the gates of hell? <laughs> well, oh, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not offering a opinion on. whether we, to take it or Satan, not. I'm, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm but, saying, I'm just yeah. saying. But did, no, I'm Satan, with you. did Dude, Satan murder I, I, a journalist? I'm, I'm with you. Everybody's done it, and that's 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 why I, I and, when and, I say everybody, I mean way, like I get at it. At least the percentage of every form of entertainment and every style of music and every sport has done this i i agree with you and and yes it's probably been a little bit unfair wwe made two colossal mistakes it's that the first one they did such open cheerleading for saudi arabia in the process they fucking ran infomercials and praised the greatness of this government when they went over there that was a massive blunder from the get-go right that was always going to leave themselves open to insane criticism for doing you know just over the top of fawning over a, a totalitarian government, over a, a you know a horrendous group of people. That was a mistake. And then they killed the a motherfucker six months later. Correct. That was a mistake. Now, yes, that ended up being just terrible timing, right? That was right. awful timing for them that their next show was scheduled after the Kashagi thing. That's it's it's it, I'm, I don't feel bad for them in the process because they still took the money, right? Like they they still decided to go. I don't feel bad for WWE, but it was awful timing that it happened to be right at the time where they were going back. At that point, they decided to ramp it down, right? They went back to the Saudis and said, "Guys, uh, uh-uh. uh, like we're gonna go because we need to get that fucking money. We got a budget to make this year, and you know if we don't take the money, we're gonna have to fire a lot of people. So we're gonna go. We're gonna do it. But you have to understand that given what just happened, we're gonna have to really." bring down you know we're not going to do the propaganda that we did the last time we were there and we're going to pretend like we're not really going despite the fact that we are because of what just happened interestingly enough they're not doing that this time and by the way it just came out like two weeks ago the cia decided definitively that the fucking crown prince was responsible for fucking killing jamal khashoggi like there's still heat right now but they're not hiding but from it. But that's good heat, brother. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't think that's good heat. Um, like, they're not hiding it from it this time, which makes me think that they're essentially saying, go ahead and fucking challenge us over this. When you do, we're going to spin it around and say, what about the NBA in China? Yeah. Because it was such a colossal clusterfuck for the NBA in China over the last couple of weeks that it really took the heat off WWE in the process. And I'm not trying to compare China and Saudi Arabia. I don't know enough about these topics to know who's worse or who's more fucked up or any of those things, right? I'm not going like, to... I just know in China, you can't watch Winnie the Pooh because people made fun of the, pre- the 
emperor said, or I don't even know was it that, that prime was, minister. That was that was I thought that was South Korea or North Korea. No, it was, it was China. Jesus Christ! Whatever. China literally, you cannot watch Winnie the Pooh or Piglet or Tigger or or the Owl or nobody Eeyore, Christopher Robin. None of them can be seen in China because people said that the Chinese leader looks like. Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, there's some fucking shit, man. Like, there's some fucking shit. And clearly this thing with Hong Kong is not okay. Like, I I get... Man, there's a lot of shit there, and I hope that China doesn't want to offer us any money because it's going to be very awkward when we get to that conversation. Um, but it just really does feel the fact that they have not, like, made everyone swear off that you cannot say... It's not just that Braun Strowman referenced Saudi Arabia. It's that they... Re- it wasn't a mistake. They replayed the clip on Monday night of Braun Strowman referencing Saudi Arabia and didn't edit it or alter it in any way. They're saying we're going to fucking Saudi Arabia. Like really Yeah, and let's and let's emphasize that by saying they did edit Tyson Fury not being able to break the pen. Fact. Fact. <laughs> fact. They did do that. They edited the clip but not the part about Braun Strowman saying Saudi Arabia. So they're clearly unafraid at this point to embrace the fact that they're going to Saudi Arabia, and I think it has everything to do with the NBA thing. I think it has everything to do with, fuck you, you want to give us shit about this, we're going to turn it right back around on you and say, where the fuck is your anger towards the NBA? I, I genuinely believe that's what's happened here. That it's given them the strength to say, you know what? This is what they wanted to pay us for. We're going to give them what they wanted to pay us for. We're going to fucking... You know, show video of The Undertaker riding around on a, a fucking amazing looking float. Holy shit, that was the coolest looking float I've ever seen in my life. Oh my yeah, god, yeah. I've been to a lot of parades take, in my... I'll, I'll take it a step further, too. Um, they also watched that news report of the CIA saying that that guy was responsible for the murder, and no one fucking gave a shit about it, because they had moved on to the thousand insane things I mean, that that's Trump's fair. done, or that's whatever. That's probably fair, too, right? Oh, like it, it did not get that I much. I think they run. watched the public reaction to that story and saw it got no coverage. And so once it got no coverage, they were like, "All right, fuck it, we're good now." I mean, the NBA thing I think helped in China. They probably watching that too. But I think if everybody was freaking out about this story and go, going on their outrage bandwagons and stuff, I think they still would have done what they'd been doing before, which is like. Hey, this like is a, I, have a, I have another question. I have another question. This is not me trying to be funny. This is me asking a legitimate question. Are gypsies even allowed in Saudi Arabia? I don't. I do not know the answer to that question. I don't. So why would the gypsy king be allowed? Don't know. Don't know the answer to these questions. Well, apparently they're letting one. Apparently they're letting one go. I don't know. Is it because he's the king? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it might be a diplomatic immunity type of situation, man. Uh, I <laughs> it might be, might be what's going and on. They're not le- and they're not letting him. They're paying him $15 million to That's come. A, that is a fact. That is actually what's occurring is $15 million. Um, oh, wait, that's the real number? Uh, I think that's right. I think that's what I saw, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, right? Yeah. That's more than he ever made in a fight. I don't think that's true at, at all. I'm telling you, I don't think you realize what a big deal uh, uh, Tyson Fury is other elsewhere in the world. Like he's just not. That, but that, but that's that's why CM Punk is 100 percent coming back. Because if, if if they have that much money to give to this motherfucker, bro, they, they have enough. To I get don't know. Punk. I don't know if that's true, bro. Because for real, like 
they don't know who CM Punk is in Saudi Arabia because they think that Ultimate Warrior and Yokozuna are still alive. No, I'm just saying in general. In general, the WWE, you can pretend you're getting the money from wherever you're getting it from. They have the money in the bank to make Phil Brooks sign a contract, is what I'm saying. Like, there's just a oh, comment from a, from an AMA the other day where he said, someone asked him about a comeback, and he said the bag would have to be pretty big. Well, apparently they've got a pretty fucking big bag right now. It does appear to be so, the case. Does like, you can, I mean, they could only say Hulk Hogan... They could have, they, you know, let's say, let's say that they have who, however many fucking millions they get from these shows. That doesn't mean they have to pay all the performers that money. They can just put on the show for how much it costs them and then spend the money on whatever else they want to spend it on over here. You know, like that's like that happens in the music business all the time. Like just because somebody gets a budget for X for whatever don't, doesn't mean the behind the scenes they aren't moving money around to spend on other things. Uh, for the record, Tyson Fury's last fight was against somebody you've never heard of. It was not as important of a fight. It was a $12.5 million payday for that fight. So Damn. this is about the world that Tyson Fury is living in. So that's, I mean, like, essentially, that's what the WWE had to pay him in order to get him to do it, right? Like, they had to be able to pay him $15 bucks because he's like, yeah, that's what, I, that's what I get for my vocation. So if you want me to do something else, like, you're going to have to pay me this amount of money. Damn. Uh, yeah, it must be nice, right? It must be fucking nice. Uh, not a bad life. Not bad work if you can get it. I'm going to kill my guidance counselor. But also remember <laughs> that, like, don't boxer purses involve results and percentages and things like that? He's getting this up front. Well, no, <laughs> not, not really anymore. Basically, the way it works now is, like, it, it's like a million dollars is related to the result. And now, like, the, like, his deal with the promoters is what pays him the 12 and a half million bucks. So but isn't the deal with the promoter based off of the gate? No, no. The deal with the promoter, oh, not, not for him. For other guys, it might be. For him, he's getting that money no matter what. He actually signed his deal is split between top rank and ESPN Plus so that ESPN Plus can show the fights. Um, and he signed an overall deal, apparently, that was worth like 80 million bucks or something like that. Like it's, Jeez, it's, it's for a certain number of fights. Like at that point, all you got to do is fight. It, nothing matters. You just have to go fight. But that's not, in fairness, it's not like that for every fighter. It's not like every fighter on the planet has that same deal. Some fighters, Brandon, you're right. Yeah, and, and after all them big time fights, it's going to be the first time he ever gets them in the hands. <laughs> that is true. That is well, that's crazy. not true because Deontay Wilder almost punched his skull off his head. Almost did. Almost did. But but it's what it is. All right. Uh, a couple of other things that were worth mentioning. Uh, look, I was not – I know, Brandon, I remember you when they brought out Cain Velasquez the first time. You were like, what the fuck? Like, they, nobody gave a shit. Nobody at all gave a shit when Cain Velasquez came out on Monday night. It could not have been a, a less enthralled crowd that Cain Velasquez was in attendance on Monday night at, at Raw. Um, I don't know if it's just the wrong place. Actually, Cleveland's actually a pretty good mar market for the UFC. Um, they've sold out fights there. Steve Miocic, of course, is from Cleveland. Um, so I, I, it might reflect more, more about just WWE fans not really being interested in this guy yet until they see him like really wrestle. But, boy, that was an anticlimactic response when they and nobody knew it was coming when Cain Velasquez came out to the crowd on Monday night, that was that was a little bit surprising that that was so bad. Um, uh, not to me. What, really? I mean, he's a he's a world class fighter, but like all he does is look mad and walk out like he hasn't done anything. Like he beat up Brock Lesnar, 
Like, but that was a couple weeks ago, and realistically, everyone knows Brock Lesnar's about to beat his ass. So, like, you know, there's not a lot of juice there. There's not a lot of juice in that street. I mean, they. I think the biggest thing is they've got to show that he can. I think they should have tried to have had him have a match before Saudi Arabia. I think but, it, but the thing is, he's probably just gonna. It's gonna be the Ronda Rousey effect. He's gonna have his match there. It's gonna be great, and people are gonna be like, "Oh, I love this guy." But, but that's. Do you really think they're gonna be that Brock Lesnar is gonna be willing to work a great match in Saudi Arabia next week? For sure. Okay. I mean, I if, get if Tyson. If Tyson Fury is getting fifteen million bucks. Fair enough. All right. Fair enough. That's a great argument. You're not wrong about that. Um, there are people that are bothered by the fact that uh, Seth Rollins burnt, burned down the Firefly Funhouse, and yet they're bringing it right back this Friday night on SmackDown. Boy, do I not care about this. Yeah, like, have you ever seen a house get burned down? It gets rebuilt. They, they, they do tend to rebuild it, correct. And they can do something. So, so listen, here's the thing. He only burned down the raw Firefly Funhouse. Oh, they, they, had a whole, they had a completely different SmackDown Firefly Funhouse. That's fair. That's he didn't burn down the SmackDown. In fact, Seth Rollins... I don't know if you know this. Seth Rollins is on Raw, so he's not allowed to go to the SmackDown. That's true. Firefly. It's safe. It's a safe space for your boy, The Fiend. Oh, man. Bray Wyatt. I, know, I know Bray Wyatt better watch out for when they do the Firefly Full House at Survivor Series. Right, because it is the one time all year. <laughs> one time all year. I mean, sure, they're going to do a battle royal at WrestleMania, but other than that, one time all year when Raw faces SmackDown. Um, and then there was something else that I had written down that I wanted to get to. But Oh, uh, Seth Rollins called AEW the minor leagues. Did you guys see that? Damn. Uh, Seth Rollins, I guess. I can, as a Maryland fan, a Maryland, as a WWE fan, sit here and tell you that AEW last week had the best show in wrestling. Uh, it was really good. I mean, it was a lot of tag matches. It was, it was great. I mean, I... All of the matches were wonderful, so yeah, it was a really good show. Um, I didn't think NXT was bad last week. I, didn't, I mean, I didn't. No, no, NXT. none of the shows were bad last week. Yeah. But I think that I got more. None of the shows were bad. None of them. I don't know. I didn't think that. I, 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 this is going to be a weird. Feel. Are you referring? Are you alluding to Raw, Brandon? Is that what you're alluding to? Well, and so we're on this weird cycle where I, it's like I'm getting confused as to like what shows we didn't talk about last week or which shows we are talking about this week. I'm still getting used to our new timing. Yeah. Raw last week was really bad. Like, the the, the draft Raw, uh, I mean, but I guess we're on to a new Raw now, right, which correct. was pretty good. Yeah, I didn't think you Raw know? last night was bad at all. I mean, I, again, it was weird. No, last night was, was weird, fine. But I didn't think it was bad. I didn't think it was bad at all. SmackDown so, was okay? Not man, bad. It was, it was... This is the issue with SmackDown. The only issue I have, I think at some point our expectations were SmackDown on a network was going to require like big time shit to happen every week. And in the first two weeks, they gave you, you know, obviously they went all in on the first one. And then even in the second week, they were still, it was the first night of the draft, right? When Lesnar was there. This week was just a show. And a reminder that sometimes SmackDown is just going to be a show despite the fact that it's on a fucking massive network. That there are going to be weeks where they're just going to do a wrestling show. That's all it's going to be. And they're going to build towards their next pay-per-view. And there's not going to be something major. They tease the idea of there being something big by putting Roman Reigns in uh, a match with Nakamura for the belt. But they didn't give it a finish. And so nothing really big happened. His, his buddy did come out to help him. 
That's true. I mean, like they did that, and Daniel Bryan's going to be back on SmackDown this week, but it's not even on a network this week. It's on Fox Sports One. I don't know. I just, I to me, last week was a reminder that like sometimes they're just going to be shows on Fox. Like I, I think that I might have conditioned myself to this idea that like they all were going to have to involve big shit happening because you needed to justify its presence on a, a major American network. But it is still Friday night on a major American network, and sometimes just a wrestling show is going to be okay. Um, anyway, well, when it comes down to it, Friday night is the night where they're just like glad to have something anyone's watching. Right, that people are inclined to watch. Correct? I think there's like one network who does well with their Friday night. I think like CBS for some reason does really well with their Friday night programming. I don't even know what the fuck it is. But outside of that, like nobody. I really mean, does. NBC just puts like Dateline on. You know what I mean? I think I think that's true. I think sometimes some networks have rerun shows on Friday nights in the past. Oh yeah, um, Dateline's definitely not new every week. Yeah. Uh, real quick, this was what uh, Seth Rollins said. Um, uh, he was asked a question about uh, Kenny Omega, whether or not he'd want a dream match with Kenny Omega. The quote, this was at a, a, a panel. He did a Q&A at a con or something like that over the weekend. He said, quote, when Kenny's done playing in the minor leagues over there, Kenny can come work at the absolute top professional wrestling company in the world in front of the most people and make the most money and have the biggest matches, which is with me at WrestleMania. Un- Spicy talk. I love it. I don't I don't I love know. it. I love it too, because that's exactly what he should say. Right. Exactly right. It's exactly how I feel. Like what the fuck is Seth Rollins supposed to say to that? Right? Like Boy, I'm really jealous that I'm not over there so I can face Kenny Omega. No, of course, th- that's exactly what he's supposed to say, which is, sure, come have a fucking match with me at WrestleMania. We can talk then. That's when it's real. I, I don't know. I have no issue at all with that from Seth Rollins and kind of love it. Um, Spicy talk. Yeah. By the way, it. has there been any better proponent or, or flag bearer for the WWE than Seth Rollins in real life? Not on the show, but like. Him in the media, he has been the best flag carrier for the WWE that they've had in since John Cena. Like he knows what to say. Like he's the guy out there talking. You know what I mean? Like I don't think Reigns was good at that. I think Seth Rollins is so much better at this than Roman Reigns. Um, and and they've got this guy that's out there living and bleeding the company and willing to say these things and defend the company. And oh, so you're saying that. That Seth Rollins is the best option as a face for WWE. Yes. And you're saying that Seth Rollins is really good at what he does. Yeah. No wonder the fans boo him. I know. <laughs> but I don't, I'm not even talking about within the show, though. I'm talking about like this kind of I stuff. I thought that like, AJ was going to go a route of, of course you hate the Samoan guy or something. I thought that was the route that AJ was going to no, go. No, like no, no, no. I'm just pointing out that the fans always hate. Yeah, good things. <laughs> you know, they hate good things. But I mean, I, th- I listen. I'm not. Sure. I like both of those guys as guys. I think that Seth Rollins has the balls to like say what like things like he just said, well, where okay. Roman doesn't really kind of. I, I, I think this is. An, I I think that Roman is probably like to him. He thinks about pop culture. He I think he's above like professional yes. wrestling concerns. I, I yes. just don't think any of that concerns him. I think Roman's more concerned about like asking me about what movie I might be in next, and like not doesn't see yeah. doesn't mean he doesn't love wrestling. I'm not make that very clear. I think Seth Rollins is more a flag bearer for like I'm a wrestler, um, yes. and I'm going to stand up for this business. I think Roman has to think about like does somebody who works with TNT maybe want to hire me to do a movie in the future, right? Like is there does Ted Turner who has a fuck ton of money want to pay me some money to do something down the road 
Yeah, I'm probably going to avoid talking about any of this shit. I'm just going to avoid all of it altogether. Um, John Cena, to his credit, was... I mean, there was... I don't know. We have no basis of comparison because there was no competition, right? Like, there was... There was nobody else to be asked about for such a long time that I don't know how this, this changes now today. Like, if today John Cena was at the height of his stardom, how would he have handled it? I don't know. Today, like today today, I think that he'd probably try to say something nice about the WWE but diplomatically not really respond. Like, that would be my gut about how John Cena would handle it because he's in the same boat where, like, I just want to make movies and be successful, man. Like, I, that's what I want to do. I don't really want to be involved with any of this. or make. It's why it's why a lot of wealthy people choose not to talk about politics, right? Like, don't want to rub anybody the wrong way. Just want to keep all my options open. I'll never really say anything interesting. Um, except when Michael Jordan said that Steph Curry wasn't a Hall of Famer, which is the fucking dumbest thing I've ever... I mean, Dumbest like, thing how, I've how ever fucking, heard. Shut up. How fucking stupid was that? I mean, the guy that won't say anything controversial about topics that actually matter said Seth Curry... Or Steph Curry wasn't... not Seth Curry, Sir Curry is not a Hall of Famer. Steph Curry wasn't a Hall of Famer. Maybe that's why he thought he said Seth. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. He was confused. He's like, Seth Curry, a Hall he's of like, Famer. Who's, he's like, who's Seth Curry? <laughs> His brother's definitely one of the Hall of Fame, but him? Yeah, no yeah, right. Way. Yeah, that's Seth Curry. I don't even know who Seth Curry plays for these days. Is he the, he By the way, that would be that would be a good fix to this whole thing. Being, oh, I thought you said Seth Curry. Correct. If you had said that, then, oh yeah, Seth Curry. It's like the great Bambino thing from uh, uh, fucking the Sandlot, where he's like, oh, I thought you said the great Bambi. What that wimpy deer? Oh man. All right, uh, AJ, are do you have to? Are you going to be able to join us for uh, the chat with Conrad, or do you got to run? Unfortunately, I got to go. All right, why don't you get the, your plugs in? Uh, you can follow me on all social media at AJ Francis Four. No, once again, I got SCW this weekend. I got PCW next weekend. I got uh, USA Pro Wrestling in Orlando the weekend after that. I got uh, Sweetwater Pro Wrestling and, uh, or no, GCW Pro Wrestling in Clearwater. Then I got Sweetwater Pro Wrestling in Miami. I'm just booked up, baby. So come out to one of these shows and check me out. Um, you can, like I said, you can follow me on all social media at EJ Francis 410. Um, you can listen to my album, which almost has, let me go look right now, almost, I think it's almost 400,000 streams. Yeah. yeah. Almost 400,000 streams Damn, in uh, cool. a little bit over two weeks. That's so uh, cool. So that's pretty cool. Um, you can check it out on all platforms called Free Agent. You can go on my social media once again at AJ Francis 410. Click the bio link and you can find it on all platforms there. All right. I appreciate it, bud. Uh, when we come back in, Conrad Thompson joins us. We'll talk about StarCast coming to Ram's Head Live. Can't wait for that. I'm Glenn, he's Brandon, and he's... The main event. Oh, you're going, so you're supposed to do your whole thing this time. Event. Event. Mm-hmm. Event. There you go. AJ Francis, I'm Glenn Clark. This is Jobbing Out. Event. Baltimore's favorite bar is just 771 feet from home plate. Sliders Bar and Grill, just steps from Camden Yards, is the perfect sports bar for Ravens and Caps season with all the games on dozens of TVs. Daily specials include Mexican Monday, Wing Ding Wednesday, Bloody Brunch Sunday, and more with different drink specials every day of the week. Sliders celebrates Halloween on Saturday, October 26th from 7 p.m. till 2 a.m. Put on your costume and join the fun with drink specials, prize 
prizes, and fun all night long. Sliders for all of your sports and some spooky Halloween fun. Back in here for segment number three of Jobbing Out. Just Glenn Clark and Brandon Linton now. And Brandon, uh, you guys have something really amazing coming to Ramshead Live. Yeah, StarCast 4. Dude, this is a really effing big deal. Like, let's just call it like you guys <laughs> are putting together a lot of stuff over the course of a couple of days here. And uh, I can't believe it, only like two weekends from this weekend. Uh, same weekend, of course, is Full Gear at the arena as uh, it's going to be an incredible time. Joining us now to tell us all about StarCast, he is the podfather. He is one of the most literally ubiquitous names in all of professional wrestling at the moment. It's a pleasure to welcome back to the program Mr. Conrad Thompson. Conrad, wow. it's, it's good to talk to you, dude. Thank you for taking the time for us. That's uh, quite the introduction. I hope I can live up to it. I had to Google ubiquitous just to make sure it was a good <laughs> thing, and I think it is. So, Bro. I appreciate you I'm, having me on, and thanks for welcoming us all to Baltimore I'm, here in just a couple weeks. I'm not kidding about this. Like, I know that like you've been dealing with this in your life for a little while, but... Like, legitimately, I mean, you're the podfather. You're the guy that, like, maybe gets more run than anybody in the entire wrestling industry at this point. Like, there's got to be days where it's kind of weird for you when you, like, look up and literally everyone is talking about you and, like, every story on every website is sourced by you. Like, it's got to be kind of crazy to you still. Oh, it is crazy. It's surreal. It's surreal that you guys, you know, asked me to come on. I know that seems silly, but. Like, the idea that anybody knows who I am or cares what I have to say is pretty cool. So, thanks for giving me the opportunity to come on. Is that like, well, no, you may have ended, like, all of those events during the course of your life. It makes all the sense in the world that we want to have you on this show, dude. That's the way it is. All right, so StarCast. You guys have been doing these um, the last couple of big events in Vegas and Chicago and all that. Like, this, doing it in Baltimore, surrounded by, like, kind of the first standalone pay-per-view after the start of the AEW show. Um, why why it's a big deal to do something like this, how it all came about. Like, Take me through the whole deal of like how StarCast has just become this unbelievable experience in and of its own. Well, you know, there was a lot of buzz around All In before All In was even officially named, but everybody knew Cody and the Bucks were going to try to run a show independently, on their own, promoted by the boys for the boys, and Wanted to see if fans would support him, and I knew that that was sort of the direction they were heading, but I didn't know any more details. But I had in the back of my mind, I wanted to do a wrestling podcast convention, with the idea being we would feature stage shows from all of the popular podcasts that were around, and then we could do like some other panel events with those talents and guests. So one of my original ideas was like we could have you know the Jim Cornette experience, and he would take Q&As from the crowd, but then we would have another time where maybe... Jim Cornette would sit with the Midnight Express and the Rock and Roll Express and watch one of their old matches, and they could just tell the audience about, you know, their memories of the match and, and why they did the things they did. Sort of watch along format. It's like a director's cut almost as a DVD extra, but the real live version. And I thought that would be a home run, and I wanted to do it in Charlotte, North Carolina, when um, they stopped running the NWA Legends Fan Fest that Greg Price put together a few years ago. So when I contacted that hotel, they were booked that weekend. And my partner at the time was Bruce Pritchard, and he was really the primary podcast I was doing. And yep. He thought it was the dumbest idea he had ever heard ever. <laughs> so he wanted nothing to do with it, so we just shelved it. And then I ran into Cody at the airport, an international baggage claim in January of last year, and we started sort of messaging each other back and forth, and I pitched this idea. He liked the idea, 
and he showed the bucks. The bucks were for it, and we were off to the races. We had our first sort of um, tent pole event in Chicago, right on the outskirts in Schamburg at the Hyatt Regency. It became the official hotel, and we turned their show into a destination where you didn't just fly in and come to one wrestling show. You could make a whole weekend out of it. And when they announced that AEW was going to be, you know, the new big thing, they told me right away, hey, we're doing a show on this day in Las Vegas, and we're doing a show on this day uh, in Chicago. So I secured venues for both of those, and that was really the end. I thought I would do one, two, and three and be done. And on the way to StarCast 4 uh, or StarCast 3, I heard, hey, we're planning a fourth one uh, or another big pay-per-view, but I, I was not. I didn't have a building or I didn't have anything in mind or any of that. And then it really got hot and heavy that weekend. Uh, some AEW folks really wanted me to try to put together a show. And we had all kinds of support trying to find hotels and other venues and we couldn't find anything. And then Jeff Jones, great friend of the show and friend of Jimmy's famous seafood said, Hey, what about Rams head? And that's where our man Brandon came in and saved the day. And, uh, through the grace of Brandon and his uh, shrewd negotiating skills and willing to be a wrestling guy like me, yeah. we are able to bring StarCast to Baltimore. Yeah, what you don't know is that, Brandon, will you be willing to publicly admit that uh, you can, it, sure, you save the day, but you did it with your pants off. Because the, mo <laughs> right. the moment you found out that this was something that was possible, you were like, uh, oh, we'll give you whatever you want, right? That was the way that went out? Not necessarily, well, but I mean, I, I do know that... Yeah, yeah. Being a wrestling fan and 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 it's like I'm in the music business primarily. It's what I do. And and when you talk to people, like you kind of have this feeling out period sometimes where you're like, hey, like I like this thing. Do you like this thing too? And I know, like, correct me if I'm wrong, Conrad, but like I, every time some wrestling person has reached out to me for a business reason, they you can tell there's like this weight on their shoulders of like, okay, how am I going to explain? what this is to this guy right and then like I, I immediately was like i know what it is i know what you do i know what the podcasts are let's just figure out how this is going to work here and i think it's always good when you can like connect with someone on that level of, and, and if you just look at what these guys are doing and the schedule of events that are that's on starcast right now like there's so much heart put into this event like you can tell the people who put this together conrad and his team just love wrestling so much i mean it's so nerdy i love it like you've got a jobbers panel on here like that is one of the coolest things i saw that i can't even believe this is a thing yeah like my favorite thing connor how much have you dealt with that like when you've been talking to somebody and they've been like okay what the f do you want to do exactly like how much have you dealt with that over the years well a lot especially on this one uh you know i had a real challenge you know with the first one it was the Woodstock of wrestling. So let's get anybody and everybody we can come. Uh, and, and the second one was, well, let's try to do, let's go big and let's, let's do something really big. So we planned the roaster Ric Flair and the first outside appearance of the undertaker. Of course, we know the undertaker got pulled Flair wound up being hospitalized, but we still had Bret Hart and sting and Taz and, uh, Kenta Kobashi, lots of big names that nobody ever thought they would see here before. So, for three, I needed to go back to the drawing board, and somehow I pulled CM Punk out of the hat, and nobody saw that coming. And I had a lot of pressure here for this one. And, you know, at this point, it's like, well, you've done CM Punk, and you've done everything else. What else is left? Yeah. And what I came up with was what I think is a cool theme. We're going old school Jim Crockett and WCW, and there's nobody cooler to, to land in that conversation to me than Jim Crockett. Right. Like, 
He's never made a personal appearance that I know of ever. I mean, he has appeared at like, you know, the Crockett Foundation opening for the baseball stadium and, you know, things like that. But there's never been like a wrestling appearance of Jim Crockett. He did one sit down interview with WWE probably 16 years ago. They chopped that up and put it on a handful of DVDs like Ric Flair and the Horseman and um, the, the Rise and Fall of WCW. But he just never does anything. So I'm pulling out all the big guns for this one. Uh, I got Sting to wear the red, white, and blue paint, which he has not worn in over 20 years. But it's famous and, and unique to Baltimore because that's what he wore the night that he won the world title. Yeah. It's probably his number one selling action figure. I mean, the idea that we've got him in that paint, and we've got Great Muda in paint, and we've got the Shockmaster in full gimmick, and we've got the Ding Dongs, we've got RoboCop. This is retro, baby, and, and, and I'm really excited about okay. it. Can you explain RoboCop? Because like we, I was confused when you guys announced RoboCop. Which part don't you understand? I mean, he is a dead half dead cop, <laughs> half machine. He's bringing weapons. I don't give a damn what power plant's policy is on weapons. He's bringing weapons inside Ram's Head Live, and he's here with, with a few directives. He's going to protect and serve, God damn it! What's confusing about that? I love you. Oh, man, that's a 10. That's a goddamn 10. StarCast.com. Two R's, of course. StarCast.com. Get your tickets. Of course, you can also go to ramsheadlive.com, and we encourage you to do that as well. But starcast.com for the entire rundown of everything that's going on. What, what, what's still like, okay, you are so a part of this at this point, right? Like this is, this is literally part of your life and a major part of your life. What do you still get excited for, Conrad? Like what do you look at and say, dude, I know that I've organized all of this, but like I also know that I want to sit down and watch this panel. Like this I have to be there for. You know, if I'm honest with you, there's so much chaos going on during one of these weekends. There's so many moving parts with guys flying into town, and you got to pick them up from the airport, and then you got to get them checked in, and then you got to get them to their meet and greet on time, and then you got to, you know, collect everything, and then you got to pay them, and then you got to get them back to the hotel, and then you got to get them back to the airport. There's so many moving parts with the logistics end of making sure that everything's set up, and you got the right ticket taker at the right spot at the right time, and he knows what all the bands and bracelets mean. It's, it is just a, a massive undertaking, and the idea that I would actually get to sit down and enjoy any of it is just ludicrous. But the third one was so much easier than the first two because I had done it a little bit that I wasn't dreading four nearly as much, but the most fun part for sure is just creating sort of the lineup of, of events and the schedule of events. You know, what can we do that's different? What can we do that's big? What can we do that I would want to attend? And once we figure all of those things out, uh, everything else, you know, gets a little easier. So the most fun part is is putting it together. The, the least fun part is, well, from my standpoint, actually doing it. Yeah, I hear you. I get it. It's actual work for you, right? Like, I, I can understand that. Um, you guys are doing an after party on Saturday night. Brandon and I were just talking about it a minute ago. Um, like, how nervous should Brandon and his staff be about what might go down at this after party on Saturday nights? Well, at the last after party, um, <laughs> Joey Janella had uh, uh, one of the boys, uh, Jimmy, pick up uh, one of the other ladies, Alley Cat. And tried to, I think, give her a Death Valley driver through a table on stage. <laughs> now, how did that go? <laughs> well, uh, it was a botchamania moment because the <laughs> table no-sold the hell out of it. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, it was a tough spot for the table to be in, and uh, Alley Cat is probably uh, probably feeling that one even today. But yeah, it went viral. You know, Barstool Sports picked it up, and uh, you know they had a lot of fun, and Tone Loke had a lot of fun, and I think he probably partook in some things before he went on stage to make sure that he was going to have fun no matter what. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was a good time. The after party is always a good time. There's always a few people who maybe uh, overindulge a little bit, but it's it's cool to see you know, the fans and, and the talent come together and celebrate what a big night it was for wrestling. And make no mistake, we're talking about StarCast, but, man, all eyes are going to be on AEW's Full Gear pay-per-view that night, and people are going to be celebrating, hopefully, Cody wins historic title win. Okay, the only awkward part about that is what do you do with all of the bubbly if that is what occurs? Uh, well, they could stick it up Jericho's ass. How's that? <laughs> You know, Jer- Jericho is is not a nice person. I don't know that you've seen what he's been saying on TV. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, he's he's talking a lot of smack about my friend's family, and yeah. You know, I just I don't like him at all, and I don't have anything complimentary to say. And I think he's surrounded himself with some some psychos. Various I think, types, yeah. You know, uh, Hager looks like the American psycho. I mean, yeah. he, he's nuts. And then uh, Santana and Ortiz. Uh, those dudes, uh, I, I don't know what's going on with them. I don't know if they missed their shots or what. I mean, you, they're running around, <laughs> pu- pulling triggers at the camera and biting the ropes. These are, these are, this is a band of, of, of crazy idiots, and I can't believe that we're allowing them to come to Ramshead. We don't need security for RoboCop. We need security from Santana and Ortiz. Well, maybe RoboCop can protect us from them. Uh, he's going to protect and serve. I'm going to be behind RoboCop, keeping my distance from Santana and Ortiz. Um, uh, you're right about. By the way, first of all, every time I look at uh, Jake Hager, I think to myself, like, this dude's actually gonna lose it, like, at some point. Like, he really is a legitimate psychopath. Like, it's crazy what's happened to this guy. Here, here's the thing, though. We all, who the one, the person we need or the entity we need the most protection from is the Yeti. Well, that's true because too. We all know what he does. Yeah. Yeah, that could be problematic. That could be problematic. Hey, um, uh, Conrad, I want to ask you some nerdy wrestling stuff, if that's all right, okay? Um, yeah. We were just talking in our last segment about the, the insane you – know, like, you threw out the RoboCop thing, right? And it's such a testament to how stupid this Marco stunt thing was over the course of the last week, right? Like, are you are you effing seriously complaining that as, – as, I don't remember. Was it Brandon, was it you that said, the guy that Marco stunt replaced in the match – is a dinosaur, and you're complaining about Marco's stunt being unbelievable? Like, what the hell has happened to us in this industry? That this is what we're bitching about. That Marco's stunt is five foot two. Yeah, listen, I, I thought it was uh, a little silly. I mean, I understand when people are are passionate about in, in their fandom, and I don't really judge that. I think it's cool that people have such a strong opinion for it or against it. But at the same time, I do sometimes enjoy the silliness of exactly what you just said, that you know the guy you replaced is supposed to be a dinosaur. Right. And so <laughs> it sort of is what it is. Yeah. Like, or, or the point we always like to bring up is that the Undertaker is a dead zombie man from uh, the grave. Right. <laughs> and right. he's one of the most over right. people but in the, the history But Marco Stunt being 5'2 so, is a real problem. Yeah. <laughs> it just really challenges my belief system. Um, uh, Conrad, how have you managed to walk this walk with, like, you're friends with everybody and everybody loves you? How, how in the world 
is that possible in a business where like it seems like everybody just wants to get a shot in at somebody else every day well you know i'll be honest it's it's not nearly as hard as as maybe it sounds you know most of the reason that you say oh every everybody likes you is because i'm in business with everyone so it's funny how when people start getting paid, everything everybody becomes a little more agreeable. You know, we have a, a phrase here in the office: "If you want me to do it, toss some money to it." And so, you know, when I'm doing podcasts with with folks who are on the WWE payroll, they're making good revenue from the podcast. So let's keep it going. And the same thing when I'm doing podcasts with people who are on the AEW side of things. And the same thing is is true whenever I'm you know promoting a, an event like this and bringing in talent from all over the world. Those guys, you know, they're getting a payday as well. So, so they're cool with, with being cool with me. So it just gets a little easier when you're doing business with these guys. And if you're honest and fair, then uh, you'll continue to be on good terms and you can keep it going. I mean, it's, 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 it sounds easy. For some reason, a lot of people have really struggled with that over the years and would prefer to say, eh, money be damned, I'll just go ahead and burn all of the bridges in town. And, and well, the, the other thing that's worth mentioning is, you know, this wrestling is never going to be, you know, my main gig or my full-time gig. As I'm talking to you now, the reason we're recording when we are is because this is when I had a window of time at my mortgage office. Right, I mean, I, I'm going right. to do mortgages every day until I die. And that's never going to change. I really enjoy it. And this wrestling thing has just become, you know, uh, it was a hobby, and then it became uh, a, a, a small business, and then it became a bigger business, and then it became five little businesses, and now it's six or seven little businesses. And you know, knock on wood, I'm going to, I'm going to keep it going as long as I can. But realistically wrestling podcasting for a living wasn't really a thing 10 years ago. And I doubt it will be 10 years from now. That's a fact. I understand exactly what you're saying. Um, uh, do you still have, like, is there a dream for you? I like, I get it right now. We're worried about Starcast in Baltimore and go to starcast.com again, two hours, starcast.com, get your tickets for what's going to be a great weekend. A lot of events at Rams head live, but other events during the course of the weekend as well. Is there is there a, a, a pie-in-the-sky pipe dream? Like, if I could pull off this event, this panel, this uh, whatever it is, is there still one that's out there for you that's maybe like your great whites? Well, listen, the obvious answer is to get Vincent Rand on stage for 75 minutes. But how likely is that? Not very. So uh, I don't see it happening, but, man, if, imagine if you could really do a uh, – a session with Vince or man, what that what that could look who would you, like. I mean, who would that would you have be unbelievable. Conrad, if if you let's just say in this bizarro world, Vince McMahon has agreed to do seventy five minutes. Who would you want to have host that panel? Dave Meltzer. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, I guess that makes a lot of sense, right? Like he's he's the journalist. He's the guy that like could best handle sort of all of these these various things that you have to cover if you get that seventy five minutes with McMahon. Well, look, let me give you uh, a scoop here that we haven't announced anywhere for StarCast. I know that it's not the same thing, but it ain't too far off to get Jim Crockett to come to a wrestling event. you got to appreciate this is the guy who, who created Starcade and, and, and on his watch, Great American Bash and you know all of these major events. You know, Him and Dusty were working hand-in-hand hand and the Four Horsemen became a thing and, and Ric Flair and just on and on and on. So many great things from the old... Jim Crockett television from Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross on down. That's where people are getting their national exposure. And he's done nothing in decades, maybe ever, but certainly decades. And we've got him here for the first time. And, and 
I don't mean for this to sound bad, but at his advanced age, maybe the last time, he's going to make a public appearance like this. And we have one opportunity to get the story right. We have one opportunity to, to, to get all the details and discuss anything that we might want to discuss, because realistically, it's never going to happen again. So the most critical, most important critical piece of that to me was making sure that we had the right moderator. And I had two names in mind from the very get-go. Bruce Mitchell from The Torch was there for most of it. Uh, almost all of the Jim Crockett stuff, he was there at the towns making shows. But nobody wrote about it more authoritatively than Dave Meltzer. And it was almost as challenging to get Dave to commit as it was Jim Crockett because there's so much going on in wrestling that day. He felt like he needed to be at his place, at his office where he could cover everything and write everything. But we've got Dave and we've got Bruce Mitchell and if you've got, you know, Dave and Bruce Mitchell and Tony Schiavone and David Crockett and Jim Crockett, man, you're going to get the whole story. Everything you ever wanted to know about Jim Crockett promotions. And and that's the only show where I've told Fight, because this is going to be available on Fight, we're not, we're not putting a timetable on it. If they're rolling and they're 75 minutes, let them keep going. If they're 90, if they're an hour and a half, if they're two hours... We're just going to take it. We're going to go as long as we have to to get the full story because I don't know when we'll get this opportunity again. And, you know, we do have another panel after that, but it's it's the StarCast talk show. And we're going to have to be a little flexible on time because if we're really getting you know to the heart of the matter and hitting a lot of high points and there's some good chemistry and synergy, I don't want to cut it off because wow. this could be our only chance. So I'm going to make the most of it. On, on November 8th, and, and I hope fans will, will come check it out. Wow, that's cool. That is really cool. That's, that's 7 o'clock on Friday night for the, the Crockett panel. That's awesome on November 8th. Make sure you get to StarCast.com right now and get your tickets. All right, uh, Conrad, run through all the plugs for us. Uh, yourself, all of the – I mean, like, uh, God, I, we could be here for 20 minutes just you doing plugs, but run through the, uh, the, the big ones. Well, here's the deal. Follow me on Twitter. Uh, hey, hey, it's Conrad. I've got five podcasts on Monday. I'm with – Eric Bischoff at 83 Weeks on Tuesday. I'm at The Arn Show on Wednesday. I'm at WHW Monday with Tony Schiavone on Thursday. I'm at JR Grilling on Friday. I'm at Pritchard Show for Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard, which is still the number one most downloaded podcast in all the land. And most importantly, we're here for at StarCast Events or StarCast.com. We're doing a very special offer this coming Friday. We haven't even announced it yet. I'm giving you guys another scoop. We're going to do a flash sale at noon Eastern. It's going to last for one hour. Uh, all the meet and greets, everything that's listed, 50% off. Whoa. It's for one hour. It's this Friday. So if you've been looking at a meet and greet and you're like, hey, I think I might get that one, pick it up Friday. Save yourself some loot. 50% off. Uh, and, and the promo code is FLASH, F-L-A-S-H, starcast.com. This Friday, noon Eastern, FLASH is the promo code. If you try to log in at 101, you missed it. you got to get in there at noon. It's going to be over by 1 o'clock. It's StarCast.com, and the promo code is FLASH. Dude, that's huge. That is huge. Wow, Friday noon for that. That's incredible. Again, the code is FLASH, 50% off. That is massive. Uh, Conrad, we can't wait, man. It's going to be an awesome weekend. We can't wait to be there. Uh, Brandon, I don't think, has put pants back on since this whole thing started. He has been panicked and, and just happy as hell about doing this uh it's gonna be an awesome time man. it's gonna be a great weekend to be in baltimore as obviously it's an awesome wrestling town uh appreciate you taking the time for us dude can't wait to see you here in a couple of weeks no man thanks for having me appreciate the opportunity to come on hey conrad thanks again brother no thank you guys absolutely thanks so much thanks buddy all right dude yep. we'll see you Talk soon see you guys bye-bye 
All right, uh, Brandon, let's just uh, let's just tag out. Okay. All right. Three. Sounds good. Three, two, one. Dude, that's huge, man. That is huge. Fifty percent. So glad to be a part of it, dude. <laughs> it's I, gonna be fun. It's gonna be so cool. Like, it's gonna be so cool to do this whole like weekend. All right, give me yours. What are your? Give me your one, two, three. Like the biggest pan, the panels that you have to see that weekend. Uh, so I'm looking at this. I think Moxley is probably really high on my list. Uh, just because that's such a big deal. I mean, all of these things are so cool. I I really like. Um, I remember watching Ron Simmons win the world title. Um, I don't know if I watched it live or just shortly after it happened, but I remember being watching WCW at the time that he was the world champion. I think he eventually lost it to Vader or something like that. Yeah, he did because I, there was a house yeah, show yeah. in my hometown and he, he was supposed to have the title, but they switched it. And um, I think Sting was supposed to fight Vader and then Sting was injured or something. So Ron Simmons took his place. I was a huge Ron Simmons fan. At that time, I was a huge Ron Simmons fan in WWE, even though he had some questionable uh, gimmicks and storylines. Yeah, of course, of course. That's going to be really special for me to see him and hear his story. Um, and how important Baltimore, you know, played uh, Baltimore played an important part in that story. Where it happened, we had him and on I not think, that long ago to talk about. It was like the 25th anniversary or something like that, not that long ago. And we had him yeah. on, and like he has talked about like how it wouldn't have been the same somewhere else, right? Like you needed it to be Baltimore, and that crowd represented the way they were to really capture what that moment was all about. I, it's really cool that they're doing it this way. Yeah. So for me, it's I think it's Ron Simmons and in no particular order. I think it's Ron Simmons. I think it's Moxley. And then probably the one that stands out, I really think is fun, is the Jobber um, panels. We made the stars of StarCast and it has uh, George South, Dwayne Gill, Barry Horowitz, Bobby Starr. I think we talked offline like who's worked with more people in the business than these guys like these guys put everyone over you know so it's, i think it'll be really interesting to hear their story i think it's a that to me is a very unique and creative thing for these organizers to put on i think it's not like the most obvious uh type of content so i think it just goes to show you the kind of um the, like i said with conrad like the kind of heart that is clearly put into this event um to really serve like the hardcore wrestling fans that like this is content you're not going to see anywhere else. I mean, whether you can get it on fight if you don't, if you're not in the area of Baltimore and you can't make it to Baltimore, you can watch these panels on demand pay per view. I believe, um, I, I believe live and on demand afterwards on fight. But um, but other than that, I mean, you're not going to see this happen again. You, these things are never going to happen again. <laughs> I mean, oh, there's, there's no a, there's no what, what about you? I, I know Aaron's probably freaking out about the Great Muda. Oh, um, dude! Absolutely, he's freaking out about the Great Muda. There's so no there's a, there's a panel with the Great Muda hosted by. I, should we just go through it real quick? Uh, I real mean, quick, like, yeah, yeah. Run so, through. yep. So, so we've got okay. So on Friday, there's the We Made the Stars of Starcast, which is a panel with the you know pr- enhancement talent. We'll say to be nice. Um, we, we call our show jobbing got, out. We need to. It's the jobbers. This is our show. <laughs> this is our show. Like this sure. is the one for us. Absolutely. So the jobbing out guys will definitely be at that panel, uh, although Aaron won't be because he can't come Friday. Um, uh, I'm I'm a game uh, time decision for Friday because it depends if I like. There's a game that might happen. It's a whole story. I'll tell you more. Ooh. Okay. I, I think a I'm boy good, in his, but we'll see. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
A Boy and His Dinosaur, uh, which is with, of course, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, and Marco. Stunt. Why yes. am I blanking Marco on his Stunt. name right yes. now? Marco we just Stunt. talked about him for Marco 40 Stunt. minutes. <laughs> Marco Stunt is his name. Marco Stunt, yes. right. Sorry, I'm going to blame uh, cancer. Yeah, okay. Um, anyway. It's gone. <laughs> just always blame it. Um, Killing the Business, which is with the Young Bucks. Uh, that'll be fantastic. And they sit down with Meltzer, so that's really cool. Um, John Moxley sitting down with Jim Ross. Yep. Um, there's a panel called Inside the Roads with uh, Cody, Brandy, and Dustin. And I believe, is that Shivani? No, Kenny McIntosh from Inside the Ropes. So I, Oh, I get it, Inside the Roads. Um, as Conrad mentioned, the Jim Crockett panel, that's all Friday. All that stuff is Friday. Saturday before you hear, if you stop, if you if you are inclined to get up at 10 a.m. and come out uh, to the panels, there's a Great American Bash uh, panel called Great American Baltimore, where they basically have a bunch of old WCW guys: Arn Anderson, Lex Luger, Magnum TA, Road Warrior Animal, Ricky Steamboat, and more to be announced. Are all going to talk about the all the stuff that happened in Baltimore because that they pretty much held every Great American Bash in Baltimore. Is that correct? Sorry, I don't know. I just hit the wrong button there. Yeah, it was a yearly event. Yearly, every year, yeah. annually here in Right, Baltimore. so that's still so discuss, discussing all that, which is great. Then the Great Muda's panel, hosted by Sonny Ono, I believe. Um, and let's see. The Ron Simmons panel. And then there's an after party, an official all gear or full gear after party at Rams Head after full gear at the arena. Uh, and I, apparently anyone and everyone from the event is possible to show up. Well, it's going to be a shit show. <laughs> it's going to be. <laughs> and I mean that I in might a good have to way. get a hotel. Yes, I mean that in a good way, and I hope that people understand that. I'm not saying it's going to be a disaster. I mean, like, it's going to be a party, like a wild, wild throwdown. Well, that's awesome. I can't wait. And there's like a real DJ. It's not like, it's not like I'm like, I'm not plugging my iPod. They hired like an actual nationally known entertainer so um, that they haven't announced yet. So I'm not going to say, I mean, it's not like, you know, it's good. Uh, it's not a big secret, but they haven't announced it. So I'm not going to say okay. anything, All right. but All right. But it's a nationally known DJ. It'll be a fun party. Uh, these guys don't fuck around, man. Like they, as you could tell from the conversation with Conrad, like they take this event really seriously and they really program it to to be a, a once in a lifetime weekend type thing, like destination event. So, uh, and there's other stuff happening at Jimmy's uh, right. as well. I think there's Tony Schiavone's birthday party that they've announced at Jimmy's on Thursday night, the seventh, and then. There's a brunch that they just announced uh, that's taking place at Jimmy's on Sunday. If you just go to the StarCast Facebook page, they have all the information. That's awesome, man. Again, uh, StarCast, S-T-A-R-R-C-A-S-T dot com is the website, and RamsHeadLive.com. And don't forget about that 50% off sale Friday at noon. Uh, of course, depending on when you're listening to this, you should know that's Friday, October 25th at noon so make sure that you are on board for that to get the 50 percent off your meet and greet packages um all right ramsetlive.com at brandon linton on twitter uh anything else you want to plug dude no let's just make it all about starcast this week and we'll come back and plug a bunch of stuff um we've got two shows with against me this weekend so if you're listening to this before thursday come hang out with us on thursday night and friday night they're playing their four biggest records um in their entirety over the course of those two nights 
Uh, so I'll be there with a bunch of friends, and I might as well throw out a couple other things. We just announced Circus Survive is returning and playing their third album, uh, or I don't know which which record, but it's called uh, which order of records, but it's called Blue Sky. Uh, I should have looked this up before I said it, yeah, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I sure as shit don't know. I Blue know Sky that Noise is the record's name. All right. They're playing that record all the way through. I believe it's their third record, but I could be wrong about that. We just announced the return of Shovels and Rope, which I know will excite Oh, I love Glenn. that. Oh, when is that? Uh, they're coming back on April 4th, and it's a Saturday night. So oh, you and I will yeah, definitely be we there are. if we're not at yeah, WrestleMania are. or something. I, th- I know it's close to the date, but um, that's all for now. Awesome. Lots man. more to come. And uh, RamsHeadLive.com, at RamsHeadLive on Facebook. Instagram, Twitter, and all that good stuff. All right. At Glenn Clark Radio, glennclarkradio.com. Thanks again to Conrad, and thanks again to Drew McIntyre uh, for taking some time as well for Aaron, uh, for them a little bit earlier in the show. Uh, I'm at Glenn Clark Radio, glennclarkradio.com. I think I already did all that. All right. Have a great week. Uh, We'll talk to you next week. Uh, for Aaron, for uh, Brandon, and for the main event, Vent, 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 AJ Francis. Uh, I'm Glenn Clark. This is Ben jobbing out. You do the whole thing. Jumping out. Woo! All right, dog. I got to go. I got to be at a meeting at 3.30. Later. Later, later.